everybody, and welcome to episode 410 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Adam Foot Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. Who else is joining me? I can find out more at patreon.com slash laser time. I am, uh, my parents were murdered on Mario Day, Chris Santista. <laughs> and... I'm like the Johnson & Johnson vaccine of the show. Technically, I'm good enough, but you'd prefer one of the other two. It's me, Matthew Allen. And special guest... Greg Moore, the young one, purely by default. <laughs> Greg-a-man. Yeah, funny uh, you should mention that, because we're going to be talking about old folks on this show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Can I, t- can I tell, tell you my relation to this? This happened just moments ago. You met an I old guy once? Go no, <laughs> yeah. I, looking into a, a mirror, a black mirror, my phone, and and uh, I, I open up my thing and I see a girl I used to date, and she's like, "Congratulations to our daughter. We are grandparents." I'm like, "Wow, I am dating someone who is chronologically capable of being a. I used to date someone who's chronologically capable of being a grandparent. Wow. Wow. Granted, there's a lot of like." white trash behavior involved in this <laughs> i was gonna say technically you gotta you have to have a couple like young births to make that happen yeah i'm just right? thinking of the 40 year old virgin bet was like no it's great you're a hot grandma that's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> and she is it's Ooh, unbelievable all right, all right. uh but uh, yeah i think technically it should only take like 26 30 years i'm older than that shouldn't be too shocking but have did, have you dated anyone who is a grandma now? I know I haven't or ever even heard of it. It makes me feel very, very old. So, But I also feel badass, or I'm told to in the notes. Um, uh, yes, and, feel badass, Chris, because we're going to be talking about badass old dudes. And I think Hell yeah. This is, this is indulging a very specific admiration that Matt has for cranky old bastards with muscles like knotted cordwood. Who, yeah, you uh, make it sound like a fetish. It's yeah. not. It's it's not weird it's, like that. No, but, but I mean, I, I, I hear you talking about them, and I sense that that admiration, and I know that's what you want to grow up to be. You want to yeah. grow up to be the sort of old man who's still all muscly, and you know that, like, if he wanted to, he could punch through your face. It's really? it's the same category as like dad strength mm-hmm. or like you know like construction worker strength. Like they're not yeah, necessarily sure. big guys, but you know they could just grab your nose and twist it off your face my friend's dad is a a sturdy dude he had an accident at work and then 10 years later it was bothered me he's like you broke your neck 10 years ago and it's still broken just walking (laughs) around doing doing his job like like i wonder if i could be that manly and badass just just walk it off (laughs) walk it off (laughs) but i think when we when we started kind of researching this we discovered there's actually like several subsets of this trope there's like the old master who who maybe don't look badass and i i I think we netted out with most of these guys are like, no, nah, dude, that that guy's got old man strength. Like mm-hmm. that guy, you can tell. It's, it's, it's very weird how common this is in Japanese games. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There, there, there are a lot of uh, blue-haired bosses in fighting games. So yes, it, it's a common thing that happens. Is it, it common for the wait? It's common for the old men to have blue hair. No, that's blue-haired biddies. It's just something you say about old people. It's oh. a lot. Of, it's, it's very common to have like an old person who is the boss of a fight. I've never heard story. that. It, it's something <laughs> you say about old people if you're from the '60s, Chris. Yes, yes. Like, it says blue-haired biddies anymore. It's from like, your lips like to God's ears. The man. idea that they're bleaching their hair, but it's like has a blue tint because yes. you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something something in the Collier's formula. I have no idea. It's just <laughs> confusing because uh, there are a lot of blue-haired characters in fighting. That's true. <laughs> true. That's oh yeah. True. yeah. yeah. 
They're, they're usually they usually run a bit younger. But but yeah, well, you, you've got you've got the old masters. You've got the little tiny guys who can kick a lot of ass. But we're we're going to be talking about a bunch of uh, grizzled, muscly old dudes who could still whoop your scrawny ass any day of the week, you yeah. young bastard. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like they just kept working out and they got muscles built on top of their weird old knotted muscles mm-hmm. and this is yeah but they still got like because they're old dudes they got like joints and bones sticking out in all the wrong places and it's just like oh, jesus i i've become comfortable with the idea i will never be that old dude i'll be the old dude on the porch and it's a wonderful life like just kiss her you queer youth is wasted on the young <laughs> does, does he actually say that in that movie I don't of think of course he yes Capra yeah, was yeah. a real big fan of uh, the gay slander <laughs> he really liked it I must, I must have missed it from the TNT version I used to see every year grab you know, a though. boob you Nancy grab <laughs> 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 sorry you got me on you got me on the old timey language I oh, watch a lot of older right, right. Oh, it's uh, our fault now uh, all right, so yeah, badass old dudes. We're gonna get into those guys right after this. Plus, loop here on a bunch of other stuff. So stay tuned. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse and Thirty Twenty Ten? Well, the Laser Time Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at Patreon.com/LaserTime, we've taken a month's worth of Thirty Twenty Ten's games from Thirty Twenty and Ten years ago and grabbed the hosts Michael Raparas and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. This is the year. This is the. This is when I discover Layaway, and that would have been Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. Such a strange phenomenon that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 is like this make good. Like, here's the what you wanted. Let's ignore the incredibly difficult Ultra Games platformer, <laughs> the side-scrolling. It should be worth appreciating how hard that was to do, because I think they just yeah. assumed, like, there's no way we can optimize a game for arcades onto an NES, like somebody in Japan said, well, you better fucking try because you have one year. <laughs> yeah, this game should not have been able to run on the NES. Like, there's no... I, I don't know how they did it. Which was weird, and... Uh, but for some reason, at the time, that seemed more exciting. Like, it, Pizza it was. was a very dynamic brand in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah, it was... Um, I, I believe some YouTuber a few years ago took one of the coupons from either the game or the, the VHS... And uh, Pizza Hut honored it. <laughs> oh, shit. Here you go. Here's a free personal pan pizza. It's only worth 11 cents. It's never been worth, it's been worth more than that. Because <laughs> um, uh, I did I did see someone build, literally, Michael, a custom arcade uh, uh, arcade one-up for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, not the arcade game on which it's based. And the dude put... Pizza Hut coupons from the game underneath the glass of the <laughs> the deck protector. God, that is that is some Street Fighter to the game based on it's the weird. movie bullshit right there. It's weird, and it shouldn't be such a pleasant memory. But I remember my, this is where my I'm like, Mom, I want this game, and I'll do anything to have it. And so she took me to the Walmart layaway department and taught me what that was about. So I'd keep bringing money into Walmart layaway um, until I believe she caved and like he's never going to save up fifty dollars. <laughs> This is so mean to do to the little kid. So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support 
all of the Laser Time shows, including Video Game Apocalypse. Right, guys? Yeah. And we're back to talk about what? Badass old, old men. dudes. Very old badass men. old people. Yeah, your genderless Fortnite playing. Uh, <laughs> Chris's old men are always prospectors. Like they, they, all of them prospect oh, by God. trade. Uh, yes, I'm Dana Carvey's old man forever. Man, we liked it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's begin with number five. I'll see peace back on Earth if I gotta murder every one of these bastards with my bare goddamn hands. That's the kind of old dude we're talking about. Uh, yeah. Any guesses who this is? I think I know. Did we talk about him? Uh, we did talk about it. Uh, here's another I hint. I think you were going to include him. Speak up, Francis. Your voice got all muffled from your head being so far up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like JJ from Spider-Man, but I know it's not him. Um, it's, 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 it, would he request pills? Uh, he might request pills. Mm-hmm. He That's might also be, be one to patch up other survivors. Oh, oh, oh he's the old dude from uh, Left 4 Dead 1 or 2? I forget which Left one. Left 4 Dead 1. This is Bill. Yeah, that's Bill, Bill, you liberal Get up puke. and let's go. These shitheads ain't going to kill themselves. <laughs> who who I, does I, that I, voice? I, uh, I don't know. I think it's, I'm, I'm not sure it's not me. Like, I think Michael's just <laughs> cueing me to read lines right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, oh, I, it's Jim French. It's Jim French. Download okay. the DLCs, you pantywaist. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Didn't, didn't he, he pass a little while ago, Jim French? Yeah, twenty. Is that why they killed him? Uh, that might be why they killed him. Although, I found out today. You, so you, that was that was kind of a surprise when you said, like, oh, yeah, he's like the only survivor in Left 4 Dead that canonically died in the, I think, the DLC that was set between the two games and he died saving the rest of the survivors like under a, a, a bunch of tanks that came to kill him but he was brought back for dead by daylight as a survivor character and what? they they had a trailer with him like slumped in the position where you find his body at the end of that dlc and I didn't know this at all uh and and like his hand starts to twitch and he wakes up next to the generator and like oh he's Woken up after being left for dead to find himself in a new world of, uh, or he has to help new survivors escape Is from not, he, monsters. It, and he's not like a hulked out zombie. Nope. Oh, he's just huh. Bill. Just old man strength. Mm-hmm. He, he may have moved on, passed on to another dimension, whatever... Whatever place Dead by Daylight is in, maybe it's some sort of hell. I don't know. Yeah, now he has th- to survive. I, I think it's just killers. the Midwest, Michael. I, I yeah, think it's just Midwestern America. I think, I think <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I got to call Lizzie. She'll know. Oh, Dead by Daylight. I thought I thought we were talking Left 4 Dead. Yes, Dead by Daylight takes place in a weird... I don't even know what the hell Yeah, where, where the uh, fucking monsters from Stranger Things can battle with Leatherface. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Actually, I don't think that's true. I think those are all like... There's one of those per level, so they can't. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. they're the, the Jasons never level, but they yeah. probably know each other. They probably go to the same true. holiday parties. They probably it's do. True. They, they probably have to make sm- awkward conversation over punch. Ask each other about their <laughs> wives in the locker room. <sighs> oh god, don't make eye contact. I totally killed her. I killed her. Oh, so did I. Oh my god. Wait, where are his eyes? Oh fuck. Everyone kills her. Jesus Christ. Oh, damn. Oh, I knew god. it. Uh, but yeah, and and there's a certain level of irony in some of the the quotes I dug up from him. You know who's going to survive this mess, Francis? It ain't the fella making jokes. Sadly, it is. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. 
Have you ever, like even in movies in real life, old people always say that when you're being hilarious. Hmm. Uh, my generation didn't get where it was making jokes. Like, yes, they did. What yeah. You had a Henny Youngman and a Rodney Dangerfield too, asshole. <laughs> like, make jokes. It's fun. You're just annoyed. Yeah, no jokes. Only comedians could tell jokes, and they were highly paid and went and, and performed in Vegas. My day, only comedians were killed. You thought that was heroin that killed what killed Lenny Bruce? <laughs> it, was, it was Republican. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was the jokes what killed them. They were carcinogenic back in the day. That's what kills that's you, right. not cigarettes. Right. It's jokes. <laughs> right. Jokes like if it wasn't that, one. it was the black lung. It was either jokes or the black lung. Yeah. One of those two would get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, I just love hearing this guy talk. You know, I would appreciate it if you'd stop shooting me. Watch where you're shooting. <laughs> God damn it! Watch your fire. Jesus H. Christ, I'm on your side. <laughs> I sound so much like this guy. It makes me so depressed. Like, this is how I talk. Like, this guy, I'm so glad you found him, Chris, or you brought him up, because he's like the definition when I was thinking of this list. He's got his cigarette dangling. Mm-hmm. He's He's got the old, like, sun-damaged, grizzled face, just white hair, Every you know, and it's just like, but you look at him and you're like, his eyes are boring a hole through my head. Like this guy would kill me in an yeah. instant. He's a badass. Yeah, he's a, he's a grizzled old Vietnam vet. He has uh, crazy ass survival skills. He's kind of the uh, the shepherd of the group. Sometimes I guess I guess it really depends on who's playing him. But mm-hmm. uh, but he's got a, he's got a Quentin vibe. Um, he seems some shit, mm-hmm. and um, he can help you survive through this. And he might die uh, just so you can live. Yep. And uh, and you violate his one cardinal rule. Let's get back out there. We do not leave men behind. Oh, he was left behind. That's actually the name of his DLC, Left Behind. That's what it is. So there, there are now two DLCs with that name, the other one being uh, Last of Us's. It was also the last book series he read before getting killed by zombies. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> He has that stupid Nick Cage poster up in his house. It's so yeah. The UN is not your friend. Uh, He had that really brief born again Christian period right before he died. You know, he kind of was really turning his life around. This Mm -hmm. guy. No, I will not read the Divergent series, Bill. Everybody loves Bill. Like it's one of those things where, like, it's not a character with a whole lot of backstory or characterization, but just. The experience of playing these characters, so much of their personality comes through that, uh, yeah, it's, they're a lot of fun to spend time with, even if you're just running scared and shooting zombies. Yep. It is funny whenever we talk about the characters in the Left 4 Dead series, because I, my experience with those games was very much just frantically running from zombies, and I didn't get a lot. I mean, yeah, the character moments come through from their dialogue, but that's about it. Like, it's not, you know, like a story based game or anything, but. I think the, the second, the second one was, uh, the second Left 4 Dead was a little better about building out personalities, mm-hmm. ah, yeah. but but this just had a lot of dialogue, and you played it a lot of times, and you it could be like weeks, and like I well I haven't heard that one before. They they plan for something when I'm stuck up against a tree, and I I, I tried to nominate him just because I think he's the is he the oldest person you can play as in any FPS? Mm, possibly. I'm not. A, I'm not talking I, I, I about some like soap tavish but... avatar and like cod blops eight or whatever. Yeah. But like, uh, but oh yeah, what yeah, about, what about Woods in uh, in uh, yeah cod blops? He gets I pretty. I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, the guy who isn't played by uh, the Australian. 
Sam, the unforgettable Sam Worthington? Yes. <laughs> so unforgettable, <laughs> I forgot his name. It's Sam Worthington and his dog, Spot. Sam Worthington. Sorry. Well, this guy old time back, he was in Tuiminator Salvation and Avatar. <laughs> and, and everyone forgot who he was, but I remember Sam Worthington. <laughs> I made a very specific Southern California reference there. With Have you guys ever heard of Cal Worthington and his dog, Spot? It was this no, famous, no. famous car dealer who was on L.A. TV. And in his commercials, his dog, Spot, quote-unquote, was always like an elephant he was riding. But he, he was like one of those car dealers that wore the big white cowboy hat. And he's like, come on down. Yahoo! We'll make a deal right now. Yeah. yeah. Come on down or I'll kill this elephant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Thomas Elva Edison. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of pop culture that they base car deal characters straight up on Cal Worthington. So. Mm. Well, I mean, that, that's pretty common anyway. You get any local commercial, it's like, I gotta stand out. I'm the crazy guy with the big hat. Right. Yep. Mason Myers Johnson. I think we'll learn that there's a lot of overlap between the characters on this list and car dealers in general. There you go. Probably. <laughs> there you go. Um, Old fashioned hucksterism. It's what you need to sell the snake oil and the dragon pills. Well, speaking of dragon pills and snake oil and hucksters, that's actually a pretty good segue for our next guy. Number four. What? A shinobi showing the likes of compassion. Unthinkable. Such a miserable display. Uh, I love this guy. I, I love his name. English. I love that he's like nine feet tall. Uh, this is, you want to say who it is, Greg? Who is it? Yeah. <laughs> who ah. <laughs> Cut. Owl boy. Yeah, it's, well, it's owl the, on Switch. the owl or is it Great Owl from Sekiro? The Great Owl. Man, I, I've never yeah. heard it in English before. It's so grizzled. I, I love the English delivery, actually. I, I, I like the English voice acting job. in a lot of these. But, but yeah, he, of course, is one of the very first voices that you hear in the game as he describes the shinobi code listen wolf you must never forget the shinobi code as your father my word is absolute your master's is a close second as of today he is your master defend him with your life if he is taken bring him back at any cost so the the owl is this gigantic ninja, finds uh, Sekiro on the battlefield when he's a child scavenging, and uh, is is sort of surprised at how unafraid this kid is, and decides to adopt him and raise him to be a shinobi. And uh, yeah, he's owl is this very imposing figure. Somehow he's always dad size compared to you. He's always massive. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, yeah, he really conveys the old man strength concept well. Mm -hmm. He's just like non-denominationally thick. He's yeah. just like a thick guy. <laughs> just but thick. I his, love the appearance. His hair like, is he immense. Does... Yeah, but even everything about him, he looks like this old owl. He's got this like big fluffy feather thing going on. and, and like, Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, his name is very apt. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Oh, tragedy strikes early in the game where you play through a flashback chapter uh, set some time before current events and you come across Owl having suffered an apparent tragic mishap. Father, uh, it's you. I'm afraid I 
made a bit of a blunder. Perhaps the years have finally caught up with me. Ah, don't bother tending to my wounds, no point. It's too late. So, yeah, he's, uh, he, he's out of the picture. Like, you know, like any good hero in a video game or comic book or movie, uh, Sekiro is now an orphan. A full-grown-ass orphan. But, of course, spoilers for Sekiro at this point, so if you don't want to hear any, skip ahead a minute or two. But, uh, he's not really dead! Father, to think you were still alive. That was my design. But the same could be said for you. I was certain you died that night. The power of the divine air brought me back. That's it. What? The divine air's power. The dragon's blood must be mine. Oh, so not only is he still alive, he's doing a heel turn. He's he's <laughs> commanding you to forsake your lord so that he can take his blood. And he's a really fucking tough boss fight. Like, I haven't been able to get past him, honestly. Still. Yeah, it's... I kind of walked away from the game there and moved on to other things and haven't been back since. Yeah, it's just too hard to get through this fucking game and see all the bosses. And so, yeah, I I would love to see the Great Owl as a boss. I can't fucking get there and fuck that game. I'm so amazed. Like... Not a slight against anyone's skill level, because I consider myself quite bad at games, but I've failed time and again to get anywhere in Dark Souls or Bloodborne, and Sekiro is the one game from FromSoft that, like, clicked for me. Huh. And I find it, like, way more manageable than any of those other games, and it seems like that's not the the popular opinion here, and I I think it's just, like... it's not a skill level thing. It's it's like a it's just like how you're wired, I guess. Hmm. No, I, I think. That, but there's all this like narrative elements that the Dark Souls games lack, mm-hmm. I mean, up to and yeah. including bosses at a reasonable. But I'm just yeah, I'm just distance. talking about the difficulty. I, I think what it is, Greg, is most people in Dark Souls games grind until the bosses become much easier, and Sekiro is the one that you can't grind. There is, there's no True. way to grind past certain mm. bosses. You literally have to learn the fights and the systems. And most people, I think what that shows you is they don't really do that with Dark Souls. They just get to a point where they have enough dexterity or enough strength or armor where they can kind of bull rush through most boss fights, unfortunately. I get, <laughs> I get the sense that, uh, I mean, may, yeah, I guess you could just grind your way to victory, but I also get the sense that a lot of, like, Souls and Bloodborne players, like, just use their heads a lot more, you know? They'll look at the stats and be like, if, you know, I could stack blah, blah, blah stat, and then this boss is a cinch. And Sekiro is just like, bang your head against the boss until your hands do the job for you, and you yep. don't have to think at all. Yep. That's, yeah, it's exactly yeah. it. And and for the most part, I've been able to get over those humps. It's, it's just for whatever reason with this one, like, I couldn't get it. I couldn't seal the deal, and... Uh, yeah, he's he's just he's just a very tough boss. But I think I think for me, Bloodborne is the one that clicked for whatever reason. Like I got into the rhythms yeah. very easily. But yeah, I I did enjoy Sekiro, and but and there are certain things that it's just like, oh god, do I really want to fight the the headless ape with the lethal farts? It's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so creepy. Oh, that's a that's a terrifying fight. It's it really, really easy is. to get intimidated. Yeah. Like how many, how many of these ghosts do I want to fight? These fu- like speaking of headless, the headless ghosts that pull your soul out of your ass. 
so nasty. <laughs> yeah, they literally do. Yeah. Hate them. Hate them. But uh, but love the owl. Enjoy Sekiro overall, even though I could never get past that hump. But there's two. You fight him. Tw- there's so there's two fights with him, mm. right? There's like depending on which route, because there's like four different endings. Oh yeah. Um, I platinum to this. This was the first game I ever platinum in my life. Wow. And yeah, um, congrats. And I, I credit the pandemic with that for that. But um, there yeah, there's like four endings, and a couple of them at least are vastly different. And there's there's a way to fight him in a scene that you don't see otherwise. So ultimately, there's two different ways to fight them, and they're both hard as balls. I wish I could remember what the difference differences are. Uh, one of them, I'm just looking at the wiki. You choose to serve Kuro, and mm. so then you have to fight him by default. And the other one is during what's called the purification ending, where you fight him at Harada Estate. So does that ring yeah. any bells for you, Greg? Yeah, Hirata Estate is like the the place that's all on fire all the time. Oh, the, the, is that the flashback? level yeah 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 and that's where you fight um the butterfly lady right madam yes. madam butterfly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. come on lady don't, come, don't come you my lady. It's the don't butterfly. you fight her and owl consecutively in the same scene it's all oh, fuzzy now. I, I, no, I mean, I, I only I just remember like her. fighting her after discovering quote-unquote dead or dying owl so I, that like, butterfly the implication was that she had she had killed him that butterfly fight was the, was one of the moments in Sekiro where I I had a, like a extreme breakthrough where I I went from it being like a huge difficulty spike to like realizing one thing about the fight that like basically nullified every, like all of her attacks, which is that basically all you do is attack, attack, and then dodge diagonally forward, hmm. and mm-hmm. it just and you can just basically loop loop it. And huh. so the, there's a lot of that kind of thing in the game, you know, just like learning a very particular rhythm or like tactic and it works. I, I should go back. I think my problem was I played it right at launch and I don't normally do that with Souls games. I usually wait till they pe- people figure out the so fights wick- and then read the guide. Yeah. yeah, I should probably just do that is like figure, have other people figure out the fights for me, go back and just do what they say, you know. Those games, I think, can be a lot more enjoyable if you just have someone, like, guiding you along. Yes. A wiki or, like, a friend. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Absolutely. But, uh, well, you won't really need a whole lot of guidance for this next one because it's pretty straightforward. Number three. I've heard tell of a myriad of young fighters emerging these days. And I also hear that a tournament is being held to assemble the world's greatest. Perhaps this will give me a chance to see how far my dear pupils have advanced. I shall test their strength myself. <laughs> it's being done in the hottest flute nightclub in Japan. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this Gouken? Gouken, yes. This is a character who has had, had a bit of a history behind him in that he, he first debuted in like a manga in 1993. And then mm. finally became like debuted as a playable character in Street Fighter Four, like I think Ultra Street Fighter Four. And <laughs> uh, but but he he was uh, Ryu and That's Ken's elusive master, who was like, mm. you know, remember the the EGM rumor that that was actually like Sheng Long, and then that weird April yeah. Fool's joke gave rise to Akuma being actually in the game, the secret boss. 
<laughs> right, right. Now, yeah, in the manga, was he response to that joke as well, or was was Gokin like something that they had planned from the beginning? Um, I know. I, I think that was probably just like a mangaka inventing a backstory for Ryu and Ken. I don't know that it had anything to do with the, the Shenlong rumors. Do you know which manga it was? Uh, I think it was just called Street Fighter Two uh, Colon Ryu. Oh, okay. So, so Golken's like their—he's their master. Is that the deal? Yes, he's yeah, their master. He, he's, he's Ken and Ryu's master. Yeah, he, he, he's a huge, buff, bald old dude who has a lot of moves. That, like he doesn't really play a lot like Ryu or Ken, but he has a lot of moves that are similar to theirs. Like, yeah, he's got like like a vertical um, hurricane kick, for example. Need more training. And and yeah, frequently shouts things like that, like "Oh, you need more training. Here I go. <laughs> I'm old." But it, it, his fighting style is like it's meant to be like, "Oh no, this guy knows the real shit that Ken and Ryu are just sort of copying." Like the his fireball. Fist. Yeah, his fireball is just like with one fist instead of them having to do the wind up with the two fists. He's just like, "No, nah, I'm a master." Like there you go, boom. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he's supposed to be like uh, Akuma's brother. Like Akuma's original Japanese name is Goki. So, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you you Capcom guys would know this better than me. Yeah, uh, you, you know, I was actually a little embarrassed that I didn't like have it down better, but um, I was trying. Like, it, uh, you just reminded me that like Akuma. I always say it Akuma because this right. name only exists in the West, <laughs> but it's like one of the weirder localization uh dis- like choices to to change a japanese word into another japanese word yeah, that's and not only that but they it they seemed to change his characterization from like something more nuanced to just like an evil monster demon man yeah evil yeah, demon like, guy yeah. yeah he's a demon still remember his like one of his win quotes in uh i think it's SNK SVC Chaos the SNK versus Capcom game that uh mm. like he says like Breeding you is as easy as smacking a baby. Not that I'd ever do that, of course. Like, what? Why do, why do you care enough what anyone thinks to say you wouldn't ever smack a baby? You mentioned smacking a baby in every one of your victory screens. Don't get me wrong. just smacking babies all the time? Yeah, I'm getting a... I know this is what you do for a job, but I'm getting a real Woody Allen vibe from this. Yeah. There's only so many movies you can make about smacking babies before I believe you're doing it behind the scenes. Yeah, it's true. Oh, Sorry. Anybody else watching that documentary? Never mind. No, but I know what you mean. I feel like I got the yeah. gist. Yeah. Just from yeah. Twitter. Yeah. I, I feel like we've known about that scandal our, literally our entire life. He's been like, telling yeah. us for 30 years. Yeah. This is what I like to do. It's wild. <laughs> so Everything I, I was confused with, with Goken, though, because, like, is he really supposed to be Shang Long? Like, it, it's a little, like, yes. weird how, like, yes, I know it's a response to Shang Long, but didn't they refer to their master as Shang Long in the English version, but because it was a no. mistranslation, right? No, so the mistranslation was actually, uh, the, and, and this was fixed in later versions, uh, you must defeat the Dragon Punch to stand a chance. So uh, what it was is that in the original Japanese, it used the, the kanji, the Chinese characters, for Dragon Punch. And for whatever reason, the translator in the U.S., rather than translating the Japanese, transliterated the Chinese pronunciation of those characters. So, Sheng Long, but people thought Sheng Long must be a character. And so I think yeah. he was, like, worked into the terrible Malibu comics series. 
And, yes. Uh, it, was, yes. it was just like conventional wisdom for a while that like, oh, no, he's talking about his master, Shang Long, who's a secret character. And if you can go 99 rounds uh, with M. Bison without either of you inflicting any damage on each other, then Shang Long will come out and kick Bison's ass and then he'll kick yours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he's also in addition to that terrible Malibu comic, he is canon, quote unquote, in the movie game. So is he? that, but oh, thank God. But like literally, it it is in that original. I remember playing in those arcades. Like Ryu says it, he goes, "You must defeat Shang Long to stand a chance." And that's why I'm like, "What the fuck is Shang Long?" And then when the rumor came out, and so like Gaokun is a is a response to that. But it, it is weird that they gave him a whole new name. Like, why not just name him Shang Long? Like, like here you go. Like, here's the master guy. Because that was never his name. But but Goken is kind of an unassuming name for, like, the, uh, you know, bare-fisted assassin who trained Ken and Ryu. And, uh, yeah, I, I do like that they have, you know, he, he's he's very Ryu in his attitude toward his students. Like, he's, he's a bit of a hermit. And uh, he he just sort of like tries to walk away without saying anything, and they're just not having it. Give us a break, Master. Trying to just disappear without saying goodbye again. T- tell him, Ryu. Okay. It was good to see you again, Master. Oh man. Why do you call me that? You're both grown men now. You hardly need a master. Or would you rather I order you to the well to gather water? <laughs> yeah, that was hard work. <laughs> That's not funny. Uh, it must be funny because then Goken laughs at it. But right, yeah, of course. It is weird to hear you refer to him as an assassin because this dude is fucking yoked. Like oh, you yeah. could not be an assassin with this guy's physique. Like you would mean, not be blending you know, in not, anywhere. Not like a sneaky assassin, but he could kill pretty much anything. <laughs> I guess <laughs> at least put on a put on a shirt and drop the basket you're carrying with you everywhere. Whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> <laughs> It's massive. It's, it's like yeah. got Hulk Hogan arms over here. It's wild, yeah. dude. Just, just fucking huge ass old dude. And I think this is probably like who you had in your head when you pitched this idea. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's totally. Well, there's one specific character that really I had in my head that uh, from a different fighting series. But yes, this guy nice. Goken is a close second to to okay. that guy. But I did love. Yeah, I, I was kind of looking it up here, Michael, because I was like, wait, he's supposed to be Akuma's brother. Or, or training, at least training partner. So Akuma apparently killed their master, mm-hmm. uh, who is Go, Go, Gotetsu, and and then so like Goken took all the techniques Gote- Gotetsu had taught them and like removed the murderous intent from them and taught Ken and Ryu the clean <laughs> versions, and that's why their fighting styles are different. Ah, okay. He's he's taught them like safe versions of the martial art without <laughs> the murder included. <laughs> Doesn't seem but that's what Evil Ryu. Case. Yeah, Evil Ryu is like the killing intent unleashed. Yeah, he brings back the murder. You can't, you can't completely remove the murder mm-hmm. from these techniques. Like, yeah, why apparently. are you teaching murder martial arts to these kids? I mean, if you're going to learn how to fight, I guess murder is part of that. You know what I mean? It's... <laughs> you know, I no. took martial arts in high school. I went to like Taekwondo, and it always felt kind of like it was this... Uh, sanitized version of a real thing. <laughs> Taekwondo know? absolutely is a sanitized version because Taekwondo, oh, okay. I believe, was developed as a competitive sport. Like yeah. it's, it's yeah, meant to be like up. for the Olympics. It's meant to but wear you'd... pads. It's not. I mean, it can be used for self defense, but it's not. Well, just like not only that, but you'd see, like I'd see videos of how Taekwondo is taught in Korea, and it's a lot more Spartan. You know, <laughs> like we mm. didn't go through all that. Like kids yeah. like using each other as jumping 
like as vault boxes and stuff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I mean, I you, I've taken martial arts, and yeah, they always tell you like. Don't use this. We're gonna teach you stuff. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of like, yeah. You don't learn martial arts to fight. And I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah. You know, I you learn martial arts yeah. so you never have to fight. And Meanwhile, like, you've yeah. got Count Dante back in the '70s, who's like in comic books everywhere. Kids, learn to kill with your hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody knows what I'm talking about. But we anyway. never learned. Yeah, we never learned the Sheng Long. You know, you gotta yeah. have sympathy though for translators from that era because they had no resources besides like probably a pocket dictionary, like an actual paper dictionary. Mm-hmm. They probably had no access to the developers. Uh, and they just see a word that the developers made up that means rising dragon fist. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's from Chinese because it's three Chinese characters in a row. And so they look, they probably like had a Chinese dictionary too, where they asked a Chinese friend, like, oh, that's pronounced Shenglong. Mm-hmm. Must be a guy's name. <laughs> Shenglong. Run with it. Who cares? <laughs> Had they played the game, they may have noticed that they constantly scream the word sold you can, but. Well, no, see, they had to work in a very boring office with no computers and just had yeah, these sheets I mean, who of knows? characters. They, who knows how much time they were given to? It could have been like a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, probably. They're like, it's a fighting game. There's no dialogue. You don't need much time, do you? Uh, meanwhile, if you want a game with <laughs> shit tons of dialogue... Number two. Here we go. Tons of dialogue. War has changed. Oh, God. Yes. It's no longer about nations, ideologies, or ethnicity. It's an endless series of proxy battles fought by mercenaries and machines. War and its consumption of life has become a well-oiled machine. And I'm just too old for any of it now. But but, but Michael, I I thought war... War never changes. He just <laughs> well, said war changed. Kylie, David Hayter, and Ron Perlman <laughs> have to sit down and have a dialogue about this. Um, unless they have different ideas of war that they could come at each god other with. Damn it, that is a debate I would attend. That's a fucking... Oh my god, can you imagine that? <laughs> war, does it change or not? Gentlemen, discuss. <laughs> Which is, this has been my TED Talk. That guy... <laughs> Opens his mouth and is hit by a drone. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately before a word comes out. Uh God, Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, The Lost Metal Gear. May have aged the worst out of this entire series, much like its main character. Really? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Like it's, oh, it's, I don't know, man. I, I told you guys last year I went back to three. Yeah, the controls try, in three are messed up. Try getting into four after that. Try, you, I tried to get into four after five, which was difficult enough. But there's something oddly clunky about it. Like it was very much created with this idea of showcasing the raw potential of the PS3. It's reliant on these weird set pieces, and there's something. That doesn't hold up well, and, you know, that's not even getting into the 20-minute long uh, loading times between remember, <laughs> between remember chapters. Playing yeah. that and being like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll stop at the next uh, checkpoint, and then i got to run to work. And mm-hmm. then <laughs> expecting a cutscene to be like five minutes, and it would just keep going and going oh, yeah. and going. 45-minute cutscenes were pretty normal for this game. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that guy smokes during that loading screen before the chapter, Michael. So that's mm-hmm. cool, man. That's what makes it cool. 
That is pretty Please cool. Please insert fourth Blu-ray. Why well, forget? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was that, that's the thing. Like it was all on Blu-ray, but for whatever mm. reason, like, and I my theory is that the chapters are roughly equivalent to like how much data would fit on a single DVD. So mm. what what you're doing is like if this were on Xbox, it would be probably be asking you to swap discs. But since it's on one Blu-ray, it's just like, all right, well, that chapter's over. Now we're going to delete everything that we loaded previously mm. and reload this next segment of the game onto your hard drive. Um, yeah. And it was just yeah. terrible to sit through. And Kojima said uh, to optimize this would ruin the narrative authenticity. <laughs> right. I'm sure. It also uh, that, that, seems to lean the most on fan service out of any yes. of the other out of any of the series. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of throwbacks, and that's fun. But it kind of I feel like the other ones stand on their own merits and do more like new stuff. Whereas this is very studiously retreading stuff that's already been done, and that's kind of like yeah. what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe it, it, aged badly. It's in also that relying on a different kind of fan service with the uh, the like the models right. as the. Uh, the bosses, and when you defeat that them, you get to photograph Which is them. very yeah. of that time and has yeah. aged. Uh, that kind of stuff ages <laughs> particularly bad. I, I've been playing uh, No More Heroes. Good oh, lord. Oh, man. Oh. Good lord. It is just full yeah. of stuff that's embarrassing to play in front of any woman. Yeah. <laughs> this is. Don't watch the Bizarre Jelly 5 video. <laughs> you save while shitting. So, so to bring it back to the reason for the being on our list, because this is the game where you play as old snake, yes, old solid snake, which is, mm-hmm. I remember at the time, super controversial, because I think everyone assumed after seeing it in the marketing, and it's like, oh, he's going to figure out how to reverse that sometime during yeah. the course of and, the game. And, and they played with you, because they, they have him, like, they, they showed him with his younger face at one point in the marketing, and it's like, no, yeah. it's just an optic camo mask that you can wear at one yeah. point. But the the other irony about this is like technically it's one I think it's a minority of Metal Gear games that actually let you play as Solid Snake, but they don't really let you play as Solid Snake because it's old Solid Snake and he has weird shit happen. Like his back will go out when you dive on the ground. Like literally, <laughs> there's like old guy stuff that happens. It's wild. Yeah. And I I've heard that like the, it was kind of Kojima's statement on like what it was like being this old school game developer and it's like there's all this new stuff now that i don't really understand and it's difficult to keep up so i'm going to parlay this experience into the story of this formerly youngish secret agent who's now this this old man whose entire narrative is about how he's having some difficulty keeping up with all the nanotechnology and drones and everything else that are out on the field like, he used to be cutting edge, and now he's falling behind. Right. But then Kojima's, like, reverted, because then his next game, or a couple games after, he, he made one about a guy, a young man just carrying heavy things around. One thing yes. old dudes <laughs> can't do with their backs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and it was phenomenal. But yeah. uh, Best best male simulator game out there, man. Yeah, I tell you absolutely. What. Pretty true. But y'all haven't, y'all haven't played Paperboy with the handlebar controls. You better calm down. I fucking I love Paperboy better, with the handlebar controls. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's good, the only way call. to play that game, literally, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but but yeah, he uh, there, there is an explanation for why Snake is suddenly old with a mustache, looking like a math teacher. What <laughs> happened to your face? <sighs> Accelerated aging. They don't know the cause. Oh my god. It's probably just because I'm a clone. 
God. <laughs> Don't worry, though, baby. I'm still young where it counts. Do they, you know never, ex- I mean? <laughs> they never explain ha- why that happens? I, th- I think they've explained it's because he's a clone and the same thing happened to uh, Solidus Snake. Like, that Solidus Snake uh-huh. was actually much younger than he appeared in MGS2. So, uh, oh, that was, uh, Solidus was the president, wasn't he? Yes, which one? Yeah. yeah. George Sears. I feel like that would never happen. How do they elect the guy with such dodgy, like, dodgy background? I, I don't know. The Patriots falsified his past or something. Uh. I mean, did you forget the last four years? <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> well, I mean, there's that. that. The it, it turns <laughs> out people will shove a lot of stuff aside if you just say a couple racist things. <laughs> True. That's <laughs> all you gotta do. <laughs> but no, they, they walked right into that. <laughs> they do explain it. Technically, Snake has Werner syndrome, which is a real deal. It's like a super rare disease where you age rapidly. But I think their explanation is it's related to the les enfants terribles and all the cloning experiments. Yeah. Man, stuff. I always thought it was like a, uh, a symptom of that fox die virus from the first MGS. Yeah, maybe. I, or I or that it was like too. a built-in, um, like real fuzzy. Yeah. They're like replicants. We program these clones to have a shorter lifespan in case uh, they ever became too much of a threat. Maybe I'm just projecting that. I don't know. But, that would actually make perfect sense that Kojima likes Blade Runner, so he did a Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> that's, pro- that's probably what it is. But, I yeah. think that's exactly what it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can just imagine the translated email. <laughs> Blade Runner, a saga. Oh, no, a Blade Runner. Sorry. Uh, uh, but yeah, Snake, uh, he, he wears the... The Octo Camo suit, which has a bunch of like uh, artificial muscles in it, so he's he's almost artificially buff. It helps compensate for some of the old man stuff, and it makes his ass look amazing. Yeah, I was oh, going to yeah. say that every time he's crawling around on the ground, it's like, oh man, that is a I mean, shapely his, took us. His whole lower body, it's a bit, it's a bit like the old doctor from Scrubs. Remember how he had the weirdly youngish looking legs? I don't know. It's a Scrubs know. joke for you guys. It's. Uh... Anyway. I mean, that? I mean, they, yeah, they were really studious about the asses in general in MGS4. I feel like it's that was sort mm-hmm. of like their main way of showing off the PS3 tech. It's yeah. nowhere near as dummy thick as his <laughs> appearance in Smash, though, right? Like his his ass in yeah. Smash is outrageous. They had to showcase the the ass motion engine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ass jiggle physics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the like this game especially like. Regardless of how much of a legit old man or how badass you think Snake is in this game, this is the one that culminates with a shirtless old man fight against Revolver Ocelot, or sorry, Liquid Ocelot, who came by his his age honestly and uh, is extremely badass. This is it, brother. Our final moment. The battle has ended. But we are not yet free. The war is over. But we still have a score to settle. Show me what you got, Snake! (laughs) Show me what you got. Uh, (laughs) And then then Snake just... Steps away for a little bit while a black guy raps in a car. Sorry, I was just watching that episode today. It made me laugh so much for the Rebecca, Rebecca Black reference in that Rick and Morty episode. Oh so good. Mm-hmm. Forgot uh, about that. Um, yeah, but but so yeah, the, the the big dramatic fist fight against 
Revolver Ocelot, or sorry, Liquid Ocelot again, uh, because he's been taken over by your brother's arm. It's just a thing that happens. Uh, but that turned, he was. Isn't no, it that that's he... a spoiler. Ah, okay, sorry. <laughs> but uh, but well, yeah, people are probably still, still skipping ahead because of the yeah. owl spoiler. Yeah, you yeah. you can't spoil Metal Gear games. They're too confusing. I've played them all, and I don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah, but spoilers it's fine. For, with Metal Gear are just doing people a favor. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we call them explanations. <laughs> Let me save you hours. Here we go. Remember when I said it's reliant on these weird big set pieces? Like this is one of those where I think this is after you have crawled through the microwave tunnel. And as Snake is getting cooked, there's like a split screen of like all these events going on at the same time, you know, like your, yeah. your, your allies are being pushed to the brink of defeat. And then, uh, yeah, during this fight, it's, it's weirdly like it doesn't feel like, like a fighting game fight. Like you, you're just kind of hitting the right, uh, doing the right moves until like you trigger the next cutscene and then like, oh, now you're going to see a cutscene of, Ocelot beating the shit out of you, but then you're gonna rally and come back, and it's uh, I don't know. It, it's it's like a long QTE. Yeah, it, it's it's not such a quick quick time event. It's right. like a time event. It's a slow time event. Yeah, <laughs> it's a time yeah. event. That's a pretty good way to put it. <laughs> it's, it goes on forever, but it's yeah. cool. It's fucking badass. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to undersell it. Like the music's playing, and it's and by the way, you undersold. The suit alone doesn't make him jacked. There is a scene where he's getting examined like he's still ripped, and which yeah. is why he qualifies for this list. He is super like jacked old dude. He's mm. just his his joints can't hold up. You know, you know how it is. Yeah, I do, sadly. You get a Good hip man. going here or there, mm. some knees, it's the fine, knees. you know. Yeah. yeah, he's still pretty <laughs> jacked, but the muscle suit helps. I mean Oh yeah. 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 Gives him support, etc. and his old man parts. Have you ever also, I mean, yeah. I, I know how, like, okay, obviously not the same thing, but, like, have you guys ever worn, like, a knee brace or anything like that for athletics of any sort or yes. anything? Because, like, that shit does work. Like, I've worn those where it's, like, I don't know if it's mental or if it is whatever it is. The the compression those braces do, it does kind of, like, make it feel like, oh, I can more easily stand now. My knees actually work again like they used to. It's mm-hmm. wild. It keeps your shit from popping out of joint. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's available to stream through PlayStation now, but I kind of hope it gets a remaster at some point. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's okay to leave it in its era. <laughs> like, I'm not in any hurry to revisit this. And I feel like it's, it's very much like this is, this is like how the Metal Gear saga ends, but is it, is it essential? I don't know. It's just. Probably weird that it's locked to the PS3. It's just it's locked to PS3 and it shouldn't be. Like That's every true. other yeah. Metal Gear has yeah. been on other platforms. It's gone somewhere else and been accessible elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It is very and they. I remember we were working in the press at the time. We asked it. They claimed that no money exchange hands for this exclusive. We know they lie about such things, but like, uh, yeah, why has this never seen another platform? Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Excellent question. I don't know. Very weird. Enough speculation. Let's move on to the one Matt really wants to talk about. Yes. Uh, 
had to make sure to violence. include that one because the gunfire. Sounded like my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the no. Japanese at the beginning is, uh, I thought there would have been a bigger welcome for me. This is Heihachi Mishima. Star yes. Tekken. <laughs> yes. The, like, the, the old man mascot for, for PlayStation stuff for most of the, the aughts, honestly. It is weird how he has become, I think, the most recognizable, like, mascot of the Tekken series. Because it used to, I would have used to say it was Jin. Like, maybe around, like, Tekken 2, 3, and 4 era, it was like, oh no, Jin's the lead character, that's who the story's supposed to revolve around. And it's like, nah, since then it's really been, Heihachi has been mm-hmm. on the most marketing stuff. Like, I remember going to a convention and they had a... They had a bodybuilder. It was a white guy bodybuilder, and he was in a gi, and he was and he was he was Jack like Heihachi, but he had the Heihachi wig, and I felt so bad for him because he got oh, like wonderful. the bald, the fake bald head with the big oh. hair that sticks out on his sides and <laughs> that, bed. That still is one of my favorite pieces of gaming tchotchke is they just gave out a Heihachi hair wings. Nice. You just put on your head. <laughs> yes, uh, it, it's fucking awesome. It's <laughs> and it's so funny because when they've shown young Heihachi. And he he just doesn't have the bald on top, but his hair still does that. It's just like yeah, a, yeah. a like a slick back coating of hair on the top, and then the wings. Him, him and Wolverine have the same stylus. Yeah. It's 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 like if his head, if his hair was Waluigi's mustache. Right. <laughs> oh, but, but, but young Heihachi, his mustache does the same thing. That's what's yep. wild is like the one thing he's tamed as an old man is just he has regular mustache. Mm-hmm. Like as a young guy, it's just like, did you smear your mustache over your face? What the hell, dude? Yes. It's weird. And it's it's also weird that like he's sort of the central character of the series because he's also arguably one of its biggest villains. Like he's introduced he by throwing his son off of a cliff, for God's sake. But in Seven, what's wild, and the reason I, I thought of this list is I, I just playing through the story of Seven. It kind of explains why. And while you know you're not like you don't, it's not good that he did that. You understand why he did it because it's like no, his son is like a demon who the demon just come out and try to kill him and his family all the time. And it's his literally his mom tried to kill Heihachi as well, and he's he's trying to end the cursed bloodline again. Not justifying it. I'm just. I'm understanding where the character's coming from now. Mm-hmm. But yes, he, he's yeah. a weird... They've made him more identifiable. Like, you can identify with him more like as the series has gone on. Because, yeah, I would have said he was the ultimate bad guy of this series. But now, it, it's just like, no. It, it, it really is his son is the ultimate yeah. bad guy of this Heihachi series. Heihachi is the morally complex character who is kind of an asshole and kills people. But is also nominally trying to keep back worse things sort of that, it, so the series creator describes it I think perfectly he he says Heihachi is the perfect portrayal of the evil that lurks in men's heart mm-hmm. it's an evil far more hideous than any made up monster or demon so he's technically saying like yeah Heihachi is worse than his son who is a literal demon because his bad stuff is like human stuff like greed and yeah. you know, that kind of yeah. thing it's like oh yeah he's, he's just a shit shit bag and bringing back worldwide tournaments saying the king of iron fist tournament is back it's back baby like the mcrib Alright. <laughs> also, like, I think that's the only English that you hear him speak, that, that aqua, the King of Iron Fist Tournament. 
and and it's also fun watching you know the cutscenes for this game because like it's like a spaghetti western that everyone just speaks in their own language and seems to understand each other. I love that. I love that. It's like this girl's talking French to this uh-huh. Japanese person, and they. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they have a universal translator. Mm-hmm. There's no interpreters, and you're you're just hearing them both uh, speak in their I, native languages. I did clear one thing up. We know Heihachi is meant to be a villain because in the live action film, he's portrayed by Kiri Hiroyuki Tagawa. Oh, <laughs> so no more. Shane definite bad himself. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not not really jacked enough to be Heihachi, though. It's, you know, he's he's kind of a he can, he can put on a foam suit. Who cares? Yeah, that's true. That's that guy's true. that guy's great. I like him in but, everything. But I mean, the reason I bring that up is that is the definition of this list. Is Heihachi is like he gets stronger and more powerful as he gets older. It's mm-hmm. wild, and they kind of have like a fictional reason for it. It's like, oh no, he goes to the Mishima Dojo and he and he you know he meditates and that makes him stronger and and. Uh, he's badass. Like, and, and I guess I can sort of spoil seven. I think we might've seen the last of him in seven, although it's happened no. a few times before. So who, who the fuck knows? He like, might disappear for one game. Yeah. <laughs> me. I, I mean, to, to me, I mean, j- just from like, God, remember the, the soul caliber two, uh, crossover things. And it's just like, yeah, Nintendo fans are getting link and you're getting spawn and like, you're getting Heihachi and like, you, you're owned by the same company. Right. This, is, this yeah. is not special. Yeah, this isn't special. But it was still exciting. And yeah, Yoshimitsu is Sly in Cooper. What the hell? <laughs> well, and, and I think one of the reasons that pissed people off is like Yoshimitsu's already in both series. It's like, wait, you're just doing another one of the same crossover. What mm-hmm. the hell, man? Yeah. I, no, I, but I remember it was still exciting because like my Tekken friends loved that about it. Oh shit, we're getting like a Tekken's biggest badass, uh, the the world's leading survivor of volcano throws. Mm-hmm. What was remind me of what was his weapon in the Soul Calibur crossover? I don't I think he was just barehanded. Honestly, was it just fists? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't need a weapon. His fists it. are iron. What do you need? Um, it's true. I, I also like some of his cameos in other games. Like uh, I, I think I sent you a while ago. Um, found a cutscene compilation from PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale, and I was like, <laughs> just watching it. It's like I cannot believe that this game a happened. And B, that everyone hated it and it failed so badly that the studio <laughs> had to shut down. Like, yeah. but there, there is a bit in there where, uh, th- they have these rival battles where, like, um, what was it? Like, Bioshock's Big Daddy, the little sister meets Sackboy and decides, I want to go live with Sackboy now. You go away, Mr. Bubbles. And Big Daddy gets angry, so they fight. Um, but there's uh, these two cats that are like PlayStation mascots in Japan who are characters like I, I, I want to say they're like Kuro and Taro or something. They're like these little black and white cats and their rival match is with Heihachi. And so they're just sort of like, oh, Mr. Heihachi. And, and like they're just speaking in blips and blops and, and he understands them and just speaks to them in Japanese. <laughs> and like, oh, it was, it's such an honor to meet you. But why are you young? This doesn't make any sense. Oh yeah! Well, they, shut he, up! He, You're gonna piss him off. He did become young in the Tekken Tag Two, I think. They uh, they have young Heihachi there. He he drinks some like potion that makes him young. Ah, uh, of course. And then he uh, and of course the Tekken Tag games are not canon. They're like these weird little what if scenario mm-hmm. games. So they also feature Jinpachi, who's his dad, who's also a super strong badass. <laughs> like. Well, Jinpachi was, I think, the boss of Tekken 5. So Jinpachi oh, yeah, yeah. is canon. 
Uh, and he's, oh, that's right. He's, I remember he's that like ending too. Even more evil than than Heihachi and like crazy and like was sealed away under the mansion or something and then awakened to to fight Jin or Kazuya or something. Well, which but, which game was it where the Jinpachi ending is he literally blasts his son uh well, three three other generations that's, into that's space trapped rocket. That's the ending. So he he's Heihachi straps Jinpachi, Kazuya that's and Jin to a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently Jinpachi and Jin actually have a good relationship, which is yeah. weird. But yeah, he just, he just straps them all to the outside of a rocket and blasts them into space. And it's it's like this part of this great escalation of like every time there's a new Tekken game, like their their ending is just like killing each other in more and more extravagant ways. Right. Yeah. And, and we're to sort of imagine that like canonically they all survive these uh, death traps and come back to exact vengeance in the next game. And, that, and that's the ending from five. That is yes. literally the Tekken. So it's theoretically canon. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? They may have gotten blasted into space at some point and survived because of muscles. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, two of, two of them are a demon. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fair, really Jinpachi that yeah. you're like, how'd you make it out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Old guy strength yeah. is the Jinpachi answer. Jinpachi looks like a crazier version of Heihachi with like much bigger hair wings. Yes. I, I, he's He's a neat character. I liked him a lot. But anyway, that has been our top five. On that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some Loop Hero, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Now it's time to move on. It only gets much harder, so carry on. Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. This is one of those things that feels good, because this is one of those shows I feel like we haven't done in a while. We're just going to talk about one thing, and it's not related to something terrible happening in the world. We're talking cynicism, so it's a perfect segue into what the real topic of today's show is. I thank you for doing doing this, because I we missed it on 302010, but you reminded me not only of a milestone, but you did it with an awful, awful promotional video that shouldn't be legal at all. Uh, it's like, <laughs> how did this air on primetime? Over the air, this giant advertisement with uh, celebrities, Richard Kind, Barry Bostwick, Colin Mockery, and Brad Sherwood. Talking about the opening of a Disney park. Well, you've got quite a little park here. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is hardly a little park, Mr. Boswick. Disney's California Adventure covers 55 acres and has 22 rides, shows, and attractions. Each one is different. In fact, it's the same size and has an equal amount of attractions as did Disneyland when it opened in 1955. Only different. That is one hell of a qualifier. <laughs> it has as many attractions as this park did 50 years ago. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. They they clearly knew what the press was about about that. Park. It's. So I, I think. It, to- I think it's still California Adventure to its credit and lack of ambition. It did open. It is theme park to open with the most working attractions. 
even though some of those attractions were like required no robotics and like just hire someone to look like a farmer. They were, they were very <laughs> inexpensive. And I want to talk to you about that because yeah. were you working there when this this came about? No, I, I was just done. Real quick though, what you guys didn't hear in that clip, you can't hear the number of Hawaiian shirts visible in, the, in that video. <laughs> John Lasseter shows up too to put everyone to shame. Everyone's wearing Hawaiian shirts. You shirt, think but, your um, shirt is Hawaiian? <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our final segment where we're not going to wander around in slow loops building a deck to build our world as we edge he closer to hitting the every time. Loop Heroes, a bit on our minds lately, uh, came out on March 4th, so end of last week, after our, we recorded our previous show, but I want to say, if I had read a description of this on paper before I bought and started playing it, <laughs> I would never have bought and started playing it, because <laughs> it is, You're it welcome. is roguelike auto-battler deck-building game uh, where you just collect Ew. loot that you then lose at the end of every cycle. It is all of those things, and yet it is none of those things. Yep. It, it's unlike anything I've ever played. I'm, I am looping, baby. I'm a loop hero, man. I, yeah. I'm all in. <laughs> It's also uh, on sale on Steam right now for twelve dollars, so mm-hmm. it's 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 very easy like to jump in with this game and be like, yeah, it's twelve bucks, you know. But yeah, yeah, while saddled was while saddled with the the moniker of overwhelmingly positive reviews from yes. uh, users. It is amazing. It's very addictive. It's it's one of those games that is like, so I think I started playing it at 8 p.m. last night and uh, played for about an hour. And then my wife came in and said, well, good night. I'm going to bed. And I realized, like, wait, how is it 1 a.m.? Uh, <laughs> I've wow. only played this for an hour. <laughs> It, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it, it's one of those just one more loop or just another expedition as they call as they call them. Mm-hmm. It's we should describe what this game is. My yes. it's it's hard to describe first of all, but it's it's when we say deck builder, I think that scares a lot of people yeah. away. Yes. And technically, you could play this game with cards, but the way they visualize it, it's not a card yeah. game. Well, I'm, I'm just going to describe the experience of playing it. That uh, you are a hero. Like the the world has been swallowed by oblivion it is no more and yet you find yourself as a sole surviving hero in this loop of land like this is all that's left of existence and you are gradually remembering things so you make your way you're just walking automatically through this this loop and along the way you're fighting slimes and as you fight slimes you'll get loot you'll unlock these cards that then you drag onto the map and place them down and like, oh, now this is a grove and you'll get this unique item when you go through the grove, but it will also spawn a rat wolf. Or now this this card spawns a spider's nest and uh, every time you pass through this tile, you'll have to fight uh, one to three spiders. And uh, it, the, the goal is to, like, every time you complete a loop by going through your camp, uh, you will raise your level and the level of the monsters that you fight so that you are getting better and better loot. You're unlocking more interesting things to, to lay down on the map and you're fighting more and more powerful monsters until finally you, you unlock a confrontation with the lich that is responsible for this dismantling of reality. Yeah, the reason you're you're laying the monsters down on the map, and and what makes it unique is you're kind of building your own experience. Every mm-hmm. ex- expedition is you're trying to build up this meter, which is in the upper left of the screen, which you're trying to maximize this meter, and that's what 
basically summons the boss. And so you have to have enough monsters on your map to summon the boss. But you can hold on to monster cards and not play them at first and kind of prolong your experience, although it makes it a very kind of uneventful first few loops. Like, And so it's this fine line, this risk-reward of like, okay, am I going to lay down more monsters and theoretically get more loot from those monsters if I'm able to kill them, but I could also die because they're going to overwhelm me. And it... So there's that. Then there's some cards that are just like resources that like uh, the start of every day. There's also like a day cycle that just kind of goes a couple times per loop. I haven't been able to tell like if it's associated with the length of the loop or not, but it happens a few times per loop. And it'll be like, oh, we're going to heal you a couple hit points every time a new day breaks. Or we're going to we're going to increase your maximum hit points. The more uh, you got to lay down like rocks here and the more rocks you lay down together, we're going to increase your, your overall hit points. But if you do too many, we're going to have a goblin camp that spawns on the yeah. map and it's, or harpies are going to come out. And, and I, I like that. Like a lot of the monsters are empathetically portrayed. Like the first time that you meet a vampire, like you have a very strange reaction that your character says like a vampire, where are your lands? Do your farmers need help? Like, wait, what? And and you find yeah. out, like, oh, vampires in this world are good. They they rule a lot of the lands where this guy grew up. Uh, they keep the peace. And and this vampire that you're confronting is, like, he's overwhelmed by his hunger. And he's just, like, he starts rationalizing. Like, I have to eat you so that I can figure out what's going on and save the world. For the good of everyone, you have to die. And and right. you're, you're in the same position. And, like, you meet a harpy and... The harpy's like, no, I'm not going to help you. You're just going around killing everybody. I want to make sure my kids survive, so I'm going to kill you and feed you to them. And like, but yeah. no, I don't want you or your kids to starve. Come on, help me out here. And like, no, it's just got to fight. So, yeah, the, the, the lore reasons is like remembering things. Mm-hmm. is like when you encounter monsters, you're, you're remembering them, which brings them back into existence. But like the, where the deck building comes into play, in addition to throughout the game like we said when you defeat certain monsters certain like resource cards will pop up that you can play or lay out on the map others will just straight up manifest as like gear Mm. which you can equip or not and then eventually if you just don't equip it it will go away and become a resource because the the overall loop of the game is you're trying to collect enough resources to so that when you die or retire at your campsite you go back to like this home map and build buildings which then feed you better resources and equipment Mm -hmm. for the next time you go out on an expedition so that you can hopefully beat the boss and stuff but it's it's like any good deck builder where you also have to figure out which cards you want to bring out with you on an expedition because just because you can have let's say 20 cards in your deck doesn't mean you should like you you can take out some of the bad enemy cards and and you know like any good deck builder like typically the fewer number of cards you equip that's probably better because you're you know you're going to see those same cards over and over again so there's a lot of like planning before each time you actually go out to play the game Uh, and then there's planning the little tactical plans while you're on the missions i don't know it's just got a very um it's a very addictive game i love the art style too it's one of the few retro games i prefer it with the crt option turned on and it's turned on by default by the way when you boot up the game like it it thinks it looks better in crt mode which is kind of cool does that mean scan lines or like a ghost it's scan effect? lines but but it, you can actually see the difference here where it blends mm. some of the drawing and, and like the edges oh, cool. of things where it just looks a little bit better like some some retro games just turn on scan lines and it just looks like shit behind a, a layer of lines like mm. this thing actually <laughs> 
approximates the dithering and stuff that scanlines can can okay. help with. Cool. So cool. yeah, not all not all scanline filters are built equal. That's for sure. Right, right. This this thing is an, a real scanline filter, um, but it's got a, a super retro aesthetic. Like, in fact, your little dude on the map is like the most basic adventure Atari ass looking like <laughs> stick yeah. figure as as he walks around the map. But then when you when you encounter enemies, it's more like an RPG where you have like a you know drawing of your character and stuff like that. So. I would say go so far as to say this reminds me of like almost like an Apple II Commodore sixty four aesthetic with the way that yeah. everything looks and yeah. It, it, the, the music it has like really good retro music. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's a Devolver joint. I've never played anything like it, and like I said, like mm. the cost to check it out is only twelve dollars right now on Steam. I think full price it's fifteen, so it's not a big commitment. Any computer will run the shit. Like I think I want to say the file was like two hundred megs tops or something. Like it's a very small game file too. It's it's not like it's not one of those retro games. You're like, why are you four gigs? <laughs> like the, these games used <laughs> to run literally hundreds of kilobytes. Why right. are you this big? <laughs> It's it's not one of those. So yeah, it's um it's worth checking out, man. Loop Hero, check it out. Yes, cool. and then yeah, lots lots of just ports and uh, things showing up on Switch this week. Port, port, port. Apex Legends is on Switch. Like yeah, PS5 or Xbox Series X versions of older games technically came out a few this week mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, uh, stealth a Stealth Overwatch for Xbox Series X, I believe. No, that's cool. Now these mm-hmm. these are kind of just like things that are being optimized for the new hardware. I don't know that it's like a whole new version, but uh, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't I wouldn't put any resources behind it at this point. You're making you're making something for two million scalpers. The one that I think their... is a new version is is Crash Bandicoot Four mm. is coming to PS5 and Xbox. It's Series about X. time. It, there you go. <laughs> he says the name. He wins the prize. Uh, but like Mortal Shell Enhanced Edition, I guess that was the end of last That's week. That's what we I'm talking, talking about. about. That was yeah. the, that I wanted to be in Game of the Year contention um, previously, but it was a little mm-hmm. too weird. And uh, but I love Mortal Shell. Pick it up. And then the other thing, I guess, biggest piece of DLC, uh, Watch Dogs Online multiplayer mode launched yes. this week. So, so Watch Dogs Online or Legion Online uh, is a um, it's a free download, first off, and it is separate from the main campaign, so you don't need to worry about your progress there. Uh, it's set after the events of the campaign, and you are creating a new uh, dead sex cell from, from people that you recruit in the open world. The recruitment is much faster. You now do it with these uh, these points that you earn uh, through gameplay, and rather than having to go through these missions where it's like, all right, you, you find out what this person needs, you do them a favor. It, here it's a bit streamlined. And the goal of this is to, uh, and like there are a bunch of side activities scattered around the map that you can either tackle solo or with friends. Uh, there are missions that are meant to be played uh, with up to four players. And these, these are like these multi-stage things where uh, you, you have to tackle a series of objectives. Some of them really need multi, multiple players. Like there's one, I think there's like this uh, gigantic hacking puzzle spread across a bridge that uh, you need people like at, at either end of it at the same time working in tandem to get it to, to turn on correctly. And uh, then there's also a spider bot arena for up to eight players, which is the PvP. And so it's it's just very like 
you know, old school arcadey shooter where you're just uh, scurrying around, grabbing power ups, jumping around, trying to blow each other up. And then I think on March 23rd, they'll be adding the tactical ops missions, which uh, are like these very like steep end game challenges that kind of require they're they're built for four players and they uh, are built to require constant coordination and communication. So if multiplayer uh, is your jam, then yeah, this is something to look forward to. But, Would you? It's weird that up, when you describe yeah. this, it sounds a lot like GTA Online. Like some of the stuff you're talking about, like oh, it takes place outside the events. Mm-hmm. Would you describe those tactical missions as sort of? GTA's version of heists, or are they more like raids, where you like a division type raid? I, I don't really want to say because I haven't played them myself. I have played mm. like the the multiplayer missions, but the the tactical ops stuff I haven't really seen. But I I do know from from seeing uh, you know what my coworkers at Ubisoft, full disclosure, I work there, have done with it. Uh, that yeah, these these are these big complicated missions. It does have things like okay, so one team of players needs to go to one uh, end of the city while the other two are, like, at the other end, and you have to work in tandem within, like, radio contact of each other to say, like, okay, now I'm doing this. Okay, now three, two, one, like, stuff like that. Or wild. Yeah. Or, like, you know, you have four players crammed onto a cargo drone to uh, to sneak through an area. <laughs> stuff right. like that. It's cool. I mean... It's not my jam. <laughs> Can you play the multiplayer mode online by yourself? Yes. And, and, okay, cool. But, you know, the, the missions are going to be pretty tough if you try to tackle them by yourself. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Understood. Mm-hmm. Understood. I'm not even sure if you can. Um, but you can definitely do the solo stuff by yourself. And obviously the, the PvP, uh, you, you can play against other players, but you don't need to have a crew assembled to get into that. No, that's a whole different game series. That's the crew, Michael. Different different Ubisoft series. Uh, do you have the crew downloaded to play this? No. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have to have downloaded the crew. Um, but anyway, that is all the new releases, so let's move along to... Tucker Carlson says Dr. Seuss is canceled. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Seuss is not canceled. No one's canceling Dr. Seuss. It's a ridiculous notion. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Valheim. Does that still count as a new release? No? Okay, move on. No, I mean, if you if you want to talk about Valheim, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I man. beat Bone Mass, man. Uh, that's all. You know. Is it out of early access? No, no, it's no, still, no, it's still very much in early access. Oh, your milestone decides whether it's out because Michael finished it. Unbelievable! <laughs> I didn't finish Craig it. I, I just should I be playing boss. that? Is it? Is it awesome? Yes. My, all, all my I, clients are playing Valheim. Do you like survival awesome. games at all? Mm, I, you know, I play Don't Starve together with my friends because they're all into it, and I keep longing for something similar but with more of a point. This definitely has more of a point. Yeah, I did want to share one observation. Have you played Dragon Quest Builders? There you go. It's a lot. Not. It's a lot like Dragon Quest Builders with uh, combat that's a little more inspired by Dark Souls, and okay. uh, it's. But it, again, like the the point is like you're in a biome and your goal is to seek out the boss, try to figure out how to to summon the boss so that you can fight it, and everything you're doing while you're in that biome is geared toward uh, making you powerful enough to fight that boss. So wow. at each one, like you start out in the like meadows, bosses. and it's, it's like. I'll just make some like stuff biomes. out of 
yeah, leather and rags and I'll be ready to fight this boss. And then like, oh, now you move into the, the black forest and now you have to mine for bronze and you're going into the swamps. and Now you have to get iron from these crypts. But anyway, we're talking too much about an old release. Apparently here. by the end game, like it does require <laughs> coordination with people online. Too. Like it's meant to be played like sharing service. Yeah. Ser- sharing servers and stuff is like, apparently it gets to be like uh, the watchdogs Legion online modes where you have to have other people helping you. Cause like, uh, creatures will raid your camp and all that stuff. And it's real hard to fight them off by yourself. Solo um, till I die, but news. Sorry. I yes, digress. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's a, Listen, that's a big game. Mm-hmm. Um, weird, weird, weird gear. We were kind of talking yeah. offline, Michael and I. Like, I feel like because of the pandemic, this year might be the year we see a lot of cool indies emerge as the big things to play. Because like, mm-hmm. they've always worked from home, so for them, it's yeah. business as usual. They're yeah. like, hey, but, anyway. but yeah. What I'll say one last thing about Valheim: the experience of going into a new biome is sort of like you you feel confident with what you've played up to that point, and then you go in and you're like. Oh shit, what is all this stuff? I'm not ready for this at all. What are these monsters? They're kicking my ass in seconds. And like, you're spending a lot of your time running scared and sneaking around and it feels very unfamiliar. And then you will gradually work up to the point where you feel totally at home there. Like even in the creepy ass poison swamp, you will have found ways to survive. And, uh, you know, the monsters are like, Oh, I know exactly how to deal with this done. It's almost blasé by the time that you are ready to fight that boss. And that, that, that reminded me a bit of Dragon Quest Builders, that arc. But my, my whole deal with that game is like, I'm treating it a little bit like I did Dead Cells or even Hades, where it's like, I play, I really loved what I played, but I know it's early access. So I, I'm just going to wait till they make all the improvements and then play the, like the ultimate version of that game. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. Have they, have they made any updates since you started playing it, Michael, or is it still kind I'm of sure the same? I'm sure they have. They've made a number of them. I talked to a couple people this week who were just like, yeah, we've already, me and my group, I've already, Discord group have already done everything Valheim has to offer at this point. Jeez. That's and wild. it's just like, wow, you're, you're already done with an unfinished game. Fuck me. <laughs> like that I have not yeah. started. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe when you start it, it'll be finished. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I imagine it'll be on Xbox and no. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, you know what will be no. on Xbox? Segway time. Yes, uh, Bethesda you. games. Because uh, Microsoft what? and Bethesda, they are officially married. The $7.5 billion dollar merger happened. That is a ton of money. That is almost twice what Disney paid for fucking Star Wars. Mm. And really? Indiana Jones and Howard the Duck to a significantly lesser extent. George Lucas sold Star Wars for way too cheap. Just my opinion. But anyway. Also, um, there were multiple versions of Star Wars being resold and repackaged in, yeah. in new remastered editions. So, uh, it's a good analogy, actually. There you go. Uh, mm-hmm. So with this particular marriage, though, uh, someone finally came out and said what everyone had been speculating about. Phil Spencer finally came out and just admitted some of the Bethesda games will be Xbox exclusives, or at least through the Xbox and PC platforms. Um, so that's yeah, an that, important that's, qualifier. Yes, yes, but I think through PC it'll be like Game Pass on PC, like through the Xbox app and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think they'll do exactly what we've seen with Death Stranding and Horizon Zero Dawn. Once the ultra six month worth to a new game is done it expired it, yeah put it wherever you want 
Sell yeah. the game. But I mean, Microsoft tends to put stuff like even exclusives come to Xbox and PC simultaneously. Yeah. So, but right. probably to Chris's point, probably what will happen that they don't always do. But they they did with some recent with some older Microsoft games. So they'll put them out immediately on PC on like the Xbox app, like through Game Pass. But then they'll probably six months after that sell them on Steam. Like they, mm. I think the Master Chief Collection is is available on Steam. Like they it have is. a couple of Xbox games you can buy on Steam. So that's probably what'll happen. But they won't be on PS Five. Is the point? So someone finally admitted that because they, they were super cagey. <laughs> They're like, eh, maybe I don't know. We're gonna evaluate. We're gonna see what our options are. Case by case. Uh, I, I think I think in the next five years you'll have four Bethesda games you can't play on PS5 because I don't think they'll take away backwards compatibility which most of PS4's games are backwards compatible you're not going to lose that but like yeah you're going to lose like four Bethesda games in the next five years how about that do you guys think that's like is that a big deal do you think or is that not as a I'm a game pass person I'm the wrong person to ask but um I, I think I can't. Hmm, there's a little game called Skyrim mm-hmm. that if Elder Scrolls Six is as big as that, then that's a huge fucking deal, dude. Like if if Elder Scrolls Six is only on Xbox platforms, like yeah, that's I don't, I don't know. Big. Like the, 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 I, that is I, big. I, I, a, a, a glance at what people are playing on both of my systems. If I load up my PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox 360, nobody's playing Skyrim. If I load up Steam. Like sixty percent of the people there are playing Skyrim, so you're not wrong. And, and, the, and, and those those people will get whatever the next Skyrim is. PC players, yes, they will. Oh, yeah, yeah, almost and, without a doubt. Like, but I, I think the people the people playing Skyrim are are make are, are are people who care about modding and textures and new shit, and that's all going to PC anyway. People who are playing the now ten year old game, yes, yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the thing. Skyrim's modding. like the new Doom. Like Skyrim has been ported to every system that's yeah. come out there now. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, it almost it almost leads me to believe like maybe they won't make that one exclusive because there's too much revenue at stake where they're like, eh, we, we'll let Elder Scrolls mm. go on PlayStation. Cause I, they, I could see it getting yeah. like a six-month exclusive at least. Yeah. yeah. We'll put Prey 3 exclusive. To <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Death, yeah, Death Loop. Death Loop 2 or something like that. Like, uh, Yeah, so I mean that's – that's a big deal, man. That's one of the biggest gaming merger acquisition things I've seen. It's, in the it's difficult to know because, like, uh, I don't know how to weigh in on this seriously as someone who plans on eventually owning every console, but, like, there's no reason to at all right now. So relax. I'm relaxed it, about yeah, it. It's a big mm. deal, but it also seems pretty logical to me. I just think about how, uh, you know, Japan has had so little buy-in with Xbox since mm-hmm. the very first Xbox. You know, they have, like, negative interest in Xbox. Yeah. And, and so for most of the last generation, I feel like we've seen a lot of games coming out of Japan that only came to PS4 and PC. Um... And and so it kind of makes sense that Xbox would look to one of the leading Western yeah. publishers and be like, "Hey, you want to shack up?" <laughs> you know? This does feel like them leaning into the West, their Western identity. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we we know who we are. We know who buys our exactly. games. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it'll be a while, but like, you know, if we're talking like Skyrim, Elder Scrolls Six, is that how what we're calling Skyrim sequel? I mean, yes. um, yeah, because Skyrim was Elder Scrolls Five, Skyrim. Um, yeah. Oblivion was Elder Scrolls Four. Like, who's 3. to say there won't be Game Pass on PS Five? 
I, I, Sony, for me, as someone who has video streaming services, they were, they were always the last person to get every single subscription service of any kind. Yeah. But be that Spotify or uh, HBO or Sling, which they still don't have on any platform. Uh, but I think Microsoft's goal is to have Game Pass available in every environment. Isn't, is it not? Every environment they control, I'm sure. That's that's the real point. Is like getting people onto their their ecosystems, their Windows, their Xbox, whatever. No, I, but but I think they sell more products than Sony. And the idea is to like, well, if you're already paying for these three, you're already paying for Office and Game Pass. Why not buy a Surface or one of our PCs? Um, it's something Sony can't compete with and aren't even looking to do. But not every gamer's into that. But uh, but Microsoft has mentioned putting Game Pass on other platforms, right? Like I, I mean, I, I honestly think that they're undecided. There's one of two strategic directions they can go. One is to put Game Pass wherever possible because really that's their way of making money. This generation is the subscription yeah. service, so it makes sense to put it everywhere. The other is the more traditional approach of we want you to buy our devices, so we put Game Pass on our devices. In an economy right now where the number of devices they can actually make is extremely limited because of the whole yep. microprocessor shortage. Mm-hmm. Probably that Micro former strategy process. makes way more sense. Um, I, I don't think they have to make the final call yet. I think they are waiting to see how this generation shapes up and then they'll, you know, they'll go one of those two ways. It'll be like, yeah, if you, we want you to buy Xbox devices. So game pass sticks with Xbox stuff. But if no one's buying their machines, then they'll be like, no, no, Game Pass everywhere. Come on. We, we want that $15 a month subscription for Game Pass Ultimate. Bring it. I haven't, I not only have I not seen one, like, we spent like last week trying, Michael and I trying to buy Matt the PS5 he wanted because he wouldn't respond to us because he was busy working. He's working. <laughs> I have not seen I? that. I have not seen that happen with Xbox. I, I've, I've never seen them pop up. It's the same as PS5. They're gone within a minute or two yep. when they're when they're out there. I've even seen them pop up under that all access program on like GameStop for a second and then they're gone. And so. I've been sleeping weird hours. I don't blame anybody's website or system, but like I've seen more PS5 announcements uh via their Twitter than I have Microsoft yep. announcing there's Xboxes yep. available. They've, they've also been way better about selling direct, which is weird cuz Microsoft has stores. Like what yeah. the fuck? Like Sony doesn't have stores, you know. But yeah, I got, Sony Direct. I remember, is, I got my Xbox One there by accident. Like, yeah, we have plenty. Why? Just come by tomorrow. Yeah. And then he hands me an Xbox, and that guy's like, "You just gave that guy one? What are you fucking?" And then I walk out while hearing this guy <laughs> giving his ass ripped open by his manager for Oops. giving me an Xbox One on launch day. Oops. It was great. You didn't make him do the dance. You didn't make him do the dance. You didn't even. <laughs> you didn't ask for the handy. Doing the happy dance, feeling flow. Anyway, um, hey, a lot of uh, retro game fans were doing a happy dance today, because uh, as we record this earlier today, we got the announcement: there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge coming to PC and console. With a theme song sung by Mike Patton. Mike Patton. <laughs> what the fuck? Of Faith No More. For I, yeah. I, I, I idolized like, this guy my, in, when I was a kid. Did you see the press release of him? Like, I, I had to look up his age because he's like, he's in his mid fifties. Like, dude, I love Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I, was, I was so happy to sing this theme song. I've been a fan well, since day one. They, they were popular at the same time he was. That's the deal. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. 
He also has uh, a physique he could have easily played like Casey Jones. Like, just yeah, put the mask yeah. on that guy. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, this is make, reminding me of one of my most cherished memories at a video game thing when, so back in the 2000s, uh, Konami was publishing, uh, a, a Ninja Turtles series on PS2 that was based on another Ninja Turtles, like a grittier Ninja Turtles that was running at the same time. Shit. And, like, the theme song for it was like the theme song, I think, from the show and, like, it's like turtles. I love being a turtle, and that that that, like, that little aside, that shouted aside in the theme song, like there was someone I was sitting behind, and he just like turned to the person next to him, was like that band has no shame. <laughs> Ultimate judgment. Yeah. Love it. Um, about this game, though, this is being developed by Tribute Games. This is just a tribute. Uh, their previous work, though, their, their, um, well, the, from this studio includes Flint Hook and Mercenary Kings Reloaded Edition. Oh, yes. But before that, they're a bunch of ex Ubisoft employees. Mm-hmm. They worked oh. on Scott Pilgrim vs. the World yes. and the mm-hmm. 2007 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Hack and Slash game that was tied into a movie, I guess, at the time. I yeah, there's yeah. a lot of tools. Do you wear a mask or you fart in there? I'm the guy who knows. Uh, Perfect. Sure. Elaborate, please. <laughs> yeah. It's in the video. That's it. You wear, a, you wear a Michelangelo can wear a Michelangelo mask that makes him fart. I don't know why this is. In there i have not actually seen the movie i've only played the game i mean i would have to uh, guess that's just, in the movie but there's a great chance know. for me to do a little round table here right, let's go around uh favorite ninja turtle donatello everyone else is wrong no oh, Raphael. Mm-hmm. uh all right whatever edgelord what about you Greg? <laughs> oh jeez. i think when i was oh jeez. i think when i was a kid it was leonardo because i like swords now living in brooklyn is probably raph hmm. all right damn Damn! I am VGA's Chad, so of course, I'm a Michelangelo guy. I likes the party, what can I say? I want to blame Greg, because if you were Leonardo, we would have just been fine. We all would have been able to pick our turtle and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Michelangelo nice. does a you lot know, of yeah, drugs. Yeah, my, my, my wife's <laughs> into Mikey. Donatello fucks machines! She likes the party, dude. <laughs> I, it, was, it was more than the partying, though. It was like, as a kid, I was fascinated by nunchucks. Like, for some reason, I thought oh. when I was a grown-up, the, like, nunchucks, the nunchucks were everywhere. so much fun to nunchucks play with. Nunchucks are rad, game. yeah. yeah. I, I, those are a good weapon. Mm-hmm. It, it's very, weird, though, because in most video games, most fighting video games, like, they're not that powerful. Like, it takes... A really long time to beat dudes up in the Yakuza games with nunchucks. Like, whereas in real life, <laughs> one hit, one fucking yeah. hit with that heavy, yeah. you know, it's stick a on a nunchuck, you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> you, you, you it is, it's a I also like club. playing as Raph a lot in the arcade game because uh, they each turtle had like a special attack if you hit both the jump and attack buttons at the same time. Everyone except Raph jumped straight up in the air and did a swing. Raph rolled forward and did a kick. Mm. And that Whoa, that dude. made him a little bit more unique to play. That it. makes cool. him a party dude. Cool. I think on the original machine, or it might have been Turtles in Time. I forget the name of those machines. I did prefer Donatello because the reach factor, mm. like the bow. Yeah, yeah. The bow staff gave you good reach. In know? the any in the original NES game too, he had a distinct advantage mm-hmm, yeah. with that reach. It was also, and the that's why I didn't weapon. like Raph because Raph had a, it didn't have much reach with the Psy. You know, it was, right. it was what's he bringing to the table besides the attitude? But I mean, for you, for you asshole marketers out there, like Donatello was my favorite because he was the first one I ever saw, and that's all it took. Be the first one I ever see. I like the purple one. Yeah, he was purple, and I learned (laughs) I learned to say his name, which wasn't easy because I'd never heard the painter. 
I, I <laughs> so, thought a lot of kids liked him because he's kind of the nerdy. He's, <laughs> he's was the seven. Brain. He's the Egon of the team. Yeah, and yeah. he also he had the coolest gadgets, like mm-hmm. with, with the toys and stuff like that. But yeah, I I am I I really like the look of the new game. Uh, I'm really excited to see that team return to Ninja Turtles. And to specify, uh, it is the Game Boy Advance version of the movie games, uh, the movie tie-in games, and it is great. And if you're a fan of Scott Pilgrim and you go back and play that, you can kind of see a lot of Scott Pilgrim DNA in it, and the way that it plays, mm-hmm. and the look of the enemies. Uh, yeah, it looks it looks weird, but it's coming from the the Streets of Rage publisher, Streets of Rage Four publisher. That's what I was gonna yes. ask. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dot Their publisher, did this one. which is so weird because I swear that was the website I got all my ROMs from, and now they publish games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I just Pro- thought it was that new movie with uh, John Cleese and and Rod Schneider. Rob Schneider. Yeah, it's oh, an emu honey. made of pixels. They literally have an emu movie coming out. Look that up, but maybe they, they don't do because Rob Schneider. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, maybe what you can look up, I, hey, gentlemen. I, I got a confession. One of my favorite junk foods in the world. I love me some Pringles. Fucking love Pringles. I, in fact, I really enjoyed their pickle Rick tie-in Pringles that they released last year. They have a new exclusive flavor for Walmart. It's based on the Moa Burger from Halo. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Oh, what now? <laughs> Look it up, Fatty. You're already there. I'm Halo Burger! Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) It's based on a fictional food item from a Halo game, I think originally from Halo Reach. Like, you saw ads on a board or something for this Moa Burger. Um, But this is clear. So this is not unlike... Monster Energy has been doing, like, or last year they had all these, like, Halo promotional cans offering... Two times XP bonuses for a game that is not coming out until this fall, I think, is when they said. I don't even know. We'll see if Halo Infinite oh. comes out then. It's weird marketing tie-ins. Like it, it just really shows you all that shit gets done years in advance, and when games get delayed, it can screw up a lot of these promotions. Yeah, I just went to a Walmart in a prison town, like a uh, like two hours away, and they're the only people who still have the Top Gun Maverick kiosk. Which is the sequel to Top Gun that never came out because of COVID, oh, right. but all of its Walmart exclusive merchandise released anyway. <laughs> it's right it. next to the King Kong versus Godzilla toys, uh, which uh, again, a movie that is not out and is being rushed out early, early, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in this month. Thank God because it looks so good. Mm. But um, so yeah, if, if you crave you some, uh, Moa burger flavored, I think which no. probably tastes like a cheeseburger, uh, Go to Walmart and pick you up some Pringles. Sorry, just thinking no. of, I, I just saw a star and Barb go to uh, Vista Del Mar. And <laughs> there's a bit in the beginning where they're talking about like, oh, yeah, I had this dream last night that I had sex with the guy on the Pringles, the Pringles can. Guy. What? <laughs> like, what? Good movie. What flavor was it? It's a good movie. But if you go to Walmart to, to, get the, uh, to get the Halo Pringles exclusively, I do know a guy who can sell you diabetes directly. Hmm. So, really? if, if, oh, man. Well, yeah, we can cut out I've the middleman. everywhere. He's got like he's, two he'll needles. Take One it. has COVID vaccine. The other has diabetes. Yeah. Get he'll, the he'll, stuff like you, he'll take your foot, but you get a three three months of Game Pass. So <laughs> it's, 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 it's either <laughs> yeah, it's either one of those or a PS Five. I'll take any of the three at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, and then final COVID related news item. Thanks, COVID. Um, the Super Nintendo World in Orlando, which is oh, located God. in an exotic land called Florida, <sighs> is I'm being told. Um, that shit's delayed by two years. I have literally spent the whole week with my friend who is a single mother, son's a big, a big Mario fan, and, and like 
you forget that like 18 months ago, that was supposed to be his birthday present right now, mm, was going to a finished Mario world yeah. in Orlando. And like, I, w- I even messaged her like, how do you tell that to a kid? Like, we're not going to get to go this year or next year. Or the year after that. It's 2025. Or not even the year after that. Like, how do you tell a kid that? How do you tell a kid? It's such a fucking bummer. Yeah. It's, oh. uh, so the Orlando Sentinel reports that construction on Universal's upcoming, and you're going to have to explain this part to me, Chris. So it's Epic Universe. It's, we know it's a subland, but it's in, it's mm. part of a new park altogether called the Epic Universe Park. What yes. else is in the Epic Universe Park? I, I don't think anybody really knows yet. There's there's talk of there being um there's there's going to be here's the really fucked up thing. There's a train that takes you from there's two Universal Parks now, and you can get on the Hogwarts train to take you to the Harry Potter areas yeah. in between those parks. And I went to those Harry Potter parks with the rest of both of the Universal parks blocked off to me, and they are going in the third park. They will have more Harry Potter shit. With the train that will travel to the, so you can live within the Harry Potter ecosystem within those three parks. But you got to buy three tickets. That's how they get you, right? It's I don't like- know if that's exactly how. I really don't because I. I but I, I don't see the point because, I mean, you could buy like, you if if this park was done this year, you could go to Universal four hundred times for the the time, <laughs> for the price it takes to go to Disney once. So it's it doesn't matter. Hmm. It's it's not a big deal. I mean, if you if you really are craving seeing a Mario Park, apparently the one in Japan in Osaka is finishing this year, but they still haven't announced the final opening date for that one. I thought so. they did. It's going to open in two weeks. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. I thought I thought I saw March eighteenth. Yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I mean, people are writing it and putting up uh, videos and like, it looks lame as hell. Like kind of <laughs> like legit bad and disappointing from a Nintendo fan and theme park fan standpoint. So I'm not I'm not crying a river because it looks very small and very dumb and very babyish. Um, just kind of a bunch of like, wow, I've seen like county fair things that move more than this. What is what's going on here? Like, oh, you don't see the AR glasses. I'm like, you're right. I can't see that. Maybe that'll make all the difference. I think it will. It'll be like that Mario toy that came out last year where it's all in AR. Otherwise, it's just an RC Mario car going around. Right. The right. Are you talking about the toy that rocked the nation that we still talk about and play to this day? <laughs> it like, did. It rocked the nation, it did. but it, it did. I think it just sold out everywhere, right? <laughs> no, there's so many of them left. Are there? <laughs> yes. They're like $100 in like in this, still, though. They're, they're in the Switch cabinet. It's just taking up space. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I, I think it looks cool. I am guessing... We won't get one of the coolest things to me about the Japan version is all that food they've shown, like all the cool Mario yeah. themed food. And yeah, I'm like, it's all it's all like traditional Japanese food. So I don't yeah. know if that'll make it over here, but I don't. Here's a Toad will. Burger and a Koopa hot dog. Thanks, Universal. Ugh. It'll be like a Toad Burger <laughs> with mushrooms on it, which is implying what that you're eating all the time. Yes. <laughs> like, I bring a backpack fr- from full of granola burgers to every uh, g- granola bars to every <laughs> granola, granola burgers. Tell somebody me more. somebody <laughs> steal, <laughs> steal that idea from me. Granola, <laughs> granola bars never pay for food in a theme park. No. no matter what it is, it tastes like mac and cheese. It's disgusting. Right. It's gross. <laughs> it's 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 meant to thrill neither thrill nor offend anyone. It's the worst fucking food in the universe. It's meant to be lowest common denominator food, literally. It, unless like, you spend a hundred dollars on like an experience where like, you know, fucking 
like bell farts out food on your table for you but like don't do it uh don't yeah when i when i so much money by bringing your own food all the time with my annual pass i would just go with a backpack full of cliff bars and be like yeah i'm good i don't i don't need to buy it i've been doing that for years i save tons of money like yeah i love it um but the epic universe is supposed to be the, the the universal monsters are supposed to have a world there, and I do believe oh. some superhero property that Universal is working with is supposed to have a land there. There'll be a Harry Potter land there and a Mario, and and I think there's two more. But like, think about it. That's for me. That's already like, yeah, I want to go. I want to go to the Universal Monster Land with Mario and a new Harry Potter universe. Thank you. What sure. superhero property? Fucking like Hancock? Like what do yeah, they got? What's left? I mean, I, like uh, Vin Diesel's Deadshot? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I I really don't. Give me credit for a Hancock reference, please. Somebody. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Brightburn Cinematic uh, Universe. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna extend Cartoon Lagoon. Like, ladies and gentlemen, we got United Syndicate. Marvin <laughs> oh, will be wow. represented in here. Oh, we did shit. it. We did it. Uh, to compliment the Kathy Cafe, Eck. Uh, Eck. that's they, all the news that fit yeah. to play. Can't believe they didn't just call it the Cafe. Anyway, uh, community <laughs> segment, as always, is segmenting our community. The Ask Us Question of the Week was, what's a common thing from video games you've always wanted to try in real life, but no, you probably shouldn't? Um, Greg, you weren't here last week. Do you have an answer? Common thing from video games you've always wanted. Oh yeah, and uh, you know I did respond in the Facebook group. Oh, uh, very succinctly. Yes. I, I just said killing a guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a joke though. I don't. I don't no, that's that. actually you know, a really good answer. Yeah, that's your real answer. Yeah. That's your answer. Something I do I was all the say time. Perfect and don't stab. even think about anymore. <laughs> Based on Greg's taste, the the perfect stab. But all right, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That that counts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like a real thing, uh, like juggling a guy in midair with my bullets, or like mm. running on a wall. That would be pretty cool. Like the Prince of Persia. Oh yeah, or PS2 Shinobi. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to be something from that or God Hand. PS2 Shinobi. Yeah, God activating Hand. the God Hand. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that yet. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> yeah. Giant Short Stacks. Isn't Michael supposed to read the first one? Yeah, um, Giant Short Stacks, first to respond on VigiGamePocalypse.com, says, To Chris's point about trying to do a double jump in real life, when I was a kid, I was actually able to do a full-on 360 tornado kick because I saw it in Double Dragon and kept trying it until I landed one. I was able to do it for a short time until one day I was showing somebody and landed on my ass. I'm not sure if I caused some sort of equilibrium-altering damage to my tailbone or if it was just the harsh psychological effect of my own human limitation crashing right into my ass, but I was never able to do one again. Let this be a lesson to all of VGA's grade school oh, listeners, uh, which, of which we have many. Uh, you may think you're invincible, <laughs> but your legs are just too short to kickbox with God. <laughs> I that's a great. I answer. get that. Like <laughs> that's a phenomenally um, written comment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. If if you were to make a tombstone for Chris's handstand ability, it would be from 1987 to somewhere in 2020. I tried one the other day, and just I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't. I used to be able to walk on my hands until I got dizzy and had to like get down. Hmm. Oh and wow! I, I lost it. So I believe him. I, I believe because I remember being able to do a bison. Psycho Crusher, like off a diving board, and like 
The last time I tried it, I almost killed myself and <laughs> vowed never to do it again. I, I faced my mortality way younger than that. So Chris and I, the other night, we were watching um, House Party on Monday Night Movie, which uh, I mm. believe the archive of that's available on the Patreon soon. And there's this move they do at one point, which is threading the needle where you hold one of your ankles yeah. and with your other foot jump through your leg and then over like from the back to the front and land on the same foot. I used to be able to do that all the time as a kid. One time in my 20s, uh, I was on the oh. dance floor, tried it, didn't make it all the way through, landed oh. on my fucking shin with my other oh. foot, nearly split my leg in two. Um, oh. I got up and walked it off, but I, I quickly I said, love it because the best case scenario with that is like, yeah, I landed on my knee or like – yeah, I put my other knee through my calf. Like, <laughs> I, I I got up and walked it off, and just said to myself, "I'm never never doing that move again. I'm good. Yeah, like it's it's out of the repertoire." I had an experience <laughs> sort of like that once, where like I grew up doing all sorts of martial arts, and um, what? I think it, I, I was probably in college, and like. You know, I, when I was younger, I used to just do like, you know, martial arts moves around the house, just like, ah, oh, just throw off a kif- kick to blow off some energy, whatever. And, uh, walking around my parents' house and I did like a roundhouse kick. And <laughs> so oh, I, I turned and coming. the leg I was standing on did not turn. Oh no. And it, it just kind of caught in place and all of a sudden Ooh. it collapsed out from under me. And, uh, what had happened as I found out when I, you know, went to the emergency room and got a stern talking to about proper stretching before doing anything like that <laughs> was that like my, my leg was just straight and locked and the torque of the twist, uh, made my kneecap have like a subluxation where it like just momentarily pops out of joint and it's excruciating Ooh. and it tears, uh, you know, ligament and, uh, and that, that's happened to me like two more times, not because of kicks, but just like, I ah, remember. Ah, my blew out. Yeah, you remember one of them. You were there for it. <laughs> at, at PAX a few years back. I do. And I was just I, kicking like, at PAX. I, I, you went to the ER with me. You're a great friend. Thank you. We were, my sister, like, uh, it had to do with, like, uh, we had internets. We finally got a separate phone line for the internet, but we would have to sometimes, at, at the beginning, switch them back and forth. And my sister, like, oh, we're getting a phone call. We're going to cut off the internet. And I did a tuck and roll, and I fell on my couch and broke my front tooth off. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so I, n- I never did any more martial arts uh, moves around the house. That was my permanent adult tooth. I still got a... Ah, porcelain one right here. I want to go back to this leg thing. So, Michael, are you like Martin Riggs from Lethal Weapon, where like once you pop the knee out, now you can just do it when you need no, to? Like, it's oh. done it a couple <laughs> times since then, and it is excruciating. Yeah, it was not. It was it's, not fun. It's like breaking a leg. The 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 level of pain that you get from that. Jeez. Well, I mean, Riggs looks like he's in pain when he does that with his shoulder. I'm just saying. Mm. It was, I don't recommend. Let it. me just say, I was there. It was way cooler than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the one like it wasn't even cool when I did it, it when you were there because it was just like I was trying to get out of a line of seats and there was some dude with a backpack in front of him and I, I stepped over it and I must have stepped weird because all of a sudden my leg went out. <laughs> I remember because you you ruined Brett's moment at Pax Jeopardy. I did. <laughs> just no, no, it's okay. Um. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was, that, uh, <laughs> but I will say like, never apologize for that. Cause like, as long as someone doesn't end up super hurt, the, the most fun and the most I've laughed have been in emergency rooms no. when like nothing, Michael didn't die, no. his leg healed and it's not a, it was fun. It was awesome. 
I got to watch him go in a giant machine and take pictures of him to send to his wife and embarrass yep. him. It was great. Yep. <laughs> and then insurance didn't pay for that visit because they said this oh, wasn't no. an emergency. So, oh, goodness. oh, right. I forgot yeah. about that. Oh, I was on, only on the hook for 600 but still, that sucked. Oh, damn. Uh, um, but anyway. Uh, our non-American listeners are, are like hitting themselves in the forehead right now. <laughs> yeah, please please read Hey Listen. <laughs> hey Listen so. says uh, there are so many ways to take this question, but since Michael, which he spelled incorrectly, it's M-I-K-E-L, initially Thanks. shot from the hip with something taboo, my answer also is a little risque. Uh, I am talking about the legendary practice of Puff Puff from the Dragon Quest universe. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm interested in transactional love, but the mystery surrounding this very Japanese joke has left me with so many questions. Is there a reading of the story of Puff Puff from a legendary tome? Is there a Puff Puff song and dance that goes into the ritual? Does it involve something inflatable that I must Puff Puff into to complete the ritual? I guess what I'm getting at here is that Puff Puff is all that stands between me and Nirvana. And all I can say to that is, Puff Puff Give, you're fucking up the rotation, dog. That's all that is. I, th- no. I think it was Dragon Quest Eight where they finally showed what Puff Puff is. It's rubbing them titties. Well, yes and no. In that, uh, <laughs> like, that that was always, like, I guess it's a thing going back in, in Dragon Quest. It's like, oh, a bunny girl is offering Puff Puff to restore your health. And if you say yes, then the screen goes dark and she says, Puff Puff, Puff Puff, and then it comes back. Whatever. Uh, in, in Dragon Quest Eight, I think, uh, it establishes that it's, it's basically like if she was pushing her boobs in on either side of your head, but it's two slimes. And so she's just pushing two slimes against the sides of your blindfolded head while you're sitting there thinking that you're, you're, you know, in the midst of her, her cleavage. Right. Very sweaty cleavage. Mm-hmm. Very slimy. This really is an art form worth defending. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I love this medium. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think there should be some modern version of that, some 2021 specific version, like this man's ears are covered in titty residue. <laughs> COVID. Co- deadly COVID is how he got The, he- the hero is he just it. sitting there thinking like, yes, this does feel like two bags of sand. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> but if it was like from like a strip club, you could tell because his ears would have glitter all over them and smell like cotton candy, body spray yep, stuff. Yep. I don't know. Just- Officer, it felt like I ran in between two water balloons jousting. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why he's reporting it to an officer. Why are you crying about that? He has a blanket wrapped around him and looks like Michael. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) It made him break his leg. It made him dislocate his knee. His leg was fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, Nick Turner says, quit my comfortable but emotionally unsatisfying corporate job to become a farmer slash fisher slash rancher slash craftsman on an inherited tax-free plot of land in the idyllic countryside. That or be a dragon. Ooh. Mm. One of those oh, two okay. sounds like, like Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I moved back to Florida partially because that dream. Like, can I, this is just some like weirdo white beard job I can have and still like uh, afford a two bedroom house. Gimme, gimme. No, it's not the It 50s. turns out, no, that is not true at all. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. you have to come from a really rich family. Uh, uh, be disgraced somehow. Yeah. Can you imagine Stardew in real life, though, where you just walk around your neighborhood giving beers to your neighbors and they would slowly, it builds up a relationship with them? Like, I really like Matt. He comes around that once would a work. day and gives me you know, a beer. I'm, if I, I said this last week that I, we, I do that all the time. <laughs> we, we, we put. I offered my neighbor, he wouldn't accept. We don't ring doorbells, but I put Halloween 
and uh, Valentine's Day decoration and Christmas stuff in my neighbor's so, mailboxes, so like from up to a mile away, just with our name on it, so they know who we are to build relationships. And they come by every once in a while. It's great when your mailman misdelivers your mail. It's like uh, now we know where you live. Nice. Right. They probably don't accept the homemade mayonnaise from you because they don't really. No. It wasn't mayonnaise. It, <laughs> it was tartar <laughs> sauce. So this nobody comes relish, I'm just, Matt. I'm just making starty jokes, man. No, just... Nobody comes relish. It was very it's, runny it's... tartar sauce, and it dried no. so quickly. No, anyway. there was clearly cubes of pickles in there, <laughs> which I have come very few times. <laughs> All right. <Yeah>. Gross. <laughs> uh, somebody read the next one. I'm the one. gross one. Greg, save us. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Uh, Leonardo Chavez says... Chavez. Hey, your favorite Leonardo, Greg? Uh, yeah, or that's right. Greg favorite. That's right. You lead. The common action of walking into a new village in an RPG and inviting myself into a house, smashing pots for money, <laughs> smashing pots for money, then checking out closets or dresser for new gear. Have small talk with homeowner and walking away with new goods. Repeat with next house. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just like making yourself at home everywhere within a village. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the long game for Chris's neighborhood con is, you know, first he gives him the candy grams, then he goes in and smashes the pot. You can't <laughs> just do that cold. No, I'm going to sleep well in your daughter's bed to save my game. Break some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. Cuban it's one biscuit. of the, the, the best sketch. I've written the sketch down and storyboarded it, but like a, a character running into your house, looking you in the eye, breaking your shit and taking <laughs> any money that comes out from it just while constantly making eye contact with you. (laughs) (laughs) Link is the best. Yeah. Um, Local Dojo on Twitter says, uh, golfing, I'll stick to the Mushroom Kingdom or wherever the hell Hotshots Golf takes place. (laughs) What am I, an idiot president? (laughs) Virtual or mini golf only? Thank you. Uh, (laughs) you, I like how you read him kind of like John Mulaney. Like, golfing? Golfing? <laughs> what am I, an idiot president? Uh, Get a yeah. bucket and a mop for that wet-ass put. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do a good morning. Mm. Uh, and Jackson121931992 says, I always love Trump to see bot, yes, <laughs> how far I can fall in video games. So when the Assassin's Creed franchise started, I immediately thought of how fun it would be to perform the Leap of Faith. But even though it looks cool, a small pile of hay will definitely not be enough for me to not painfully die. That'd be a leap of faith no more, am I right? Sorry, uh-huh. if, if I use Twitter that much, Jackson, if I called the numbers in your name, would I be able to reach you? Somebody demystified that string of numbers thing. So I guess, like, for the last few years, if you sign up for a new account on Twitter, it will just automatically generate a, a tag that is your first name and then a string of numbers. So, like, no. that that just means you're new and you haven't figured out how to change your name. It doesn't mean that you're a bot. But with an area code and the yeah. exact amount of right amount of numbers. Uh, I mean, it also pretty yeah. much meant a lot of Russian bots did that because mm-hmm. they were just right. creating these temporary Or we have a numbers. bunch of very old people who still remember when you used to put your age next to your name as a screen name. So yeah. Uh, yeah. We invite all the Russian bots to chime in on Pitchy Game Apocalypse. <laughs> yes, I remember when Dr. Seuss books were allowed in stores. <laughs> and yeah. Yes, that makes Americans mad to think otherwise. Thank you. 
Uh, okay, sorry. Video response. Yeah, we have we a few three. video responses. First is from Mike Amari, who says... MVGA crew, Mike Amari here with Question of the Week. Question of the Week, of course, was, if you could do anything in a video game in real life, what would it be? Now, as much as I want to be a kaiju and destroy cities with my bare hands, uh, really it all comes down to, I wish I could jump into a really fast car and drive recklessly through city streets with wild abandon. Whether it be in like a racing game or a moral game, Love nothing more than having crowded streets and zipping in and out of traffic and narrowly missing people. Uh, Burnout 2 was really the first game that I really felt that desire and urge. And it made me much more of a car guy, and I really got into performance vehicles and things like that. And in fact, it's a little dangerous because my current car is actually that one you see behind me. That Chariot Challenger here. And so whenever I'm, you know, feeling an urge to get some speed, it, I have to hold myself back a little bit uh, in the real world. So I love doing it in video games. I wish I could just kind of let loose in uh, in the real world doing this. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to my wife. It's our 13th wedding anniversary on the day I'm shooting this. So happy anniversary to Tara. Uh, yeah, and I thank you guys for listening to me this week. I look forward to being with you again next week. Happy anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. I do. I will never own a non-hybrid electric vehicle, but I love the challenge. It does look oh, pretty I cool. love it! I love the way it looks. I love. I've driven two. I love them. God damn it! Oh my! Do my eyes deceive me? We have an answer from Gallatin Carhart. Oh shit! GA, it's Gallatin Carhart here, calling to you from the, or coming into you from the farm. It's just a uh, been a long day. Crypto and I are headed home. It's crypto, Aww. and then down there you see Loki. Aww. That's the newest addition to the farm. Very cute. Loki dogs. is. Uh, I'm training him so he can go to school with me, like crypto. He's a little ways off from it, but not too far. Anyways, answer to this week's question of the week is: What thing can you do in a video game that you like to do in real life, but you can't do it in real life? We got this horse named Cruz on the farm. Cruz is crazy hard to catch. I don't know why. He's lived here since he was a yearling, went away for two months to get trained, and then now he's 10 years old. He came back. He's 10 years old. He's lived here his whole life. No one's punched him, kicked him, bit him. People, that is. No one's thrown anything at his head or his body or his legs. No one's karate chopped him, anything like that. But he, you cannot catch Cruz unless you've got the plan. And the plan is you got to kind of corral him, you get him up in a corner, and you go, hey, 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 no, uh-uh. And you got you to act like that. And then the owner goes up and gets him. Every Friday we do the same thing in the same spot, same technique. Everything's the same. You do it. And once you catch him, he's cool as can be. He's like, that's right. Let's do this. Come on, love on me. Give me a treat. Life is good. So anyways, what would be awesome is if you could take an ultra ball or a great ball or even just a pokeball. I'm not going to waste a master ball on him. But you could just take it and pitch it right at him. And got him. And then you just take him to the barn and let him loose, and there he is, and life is great. That would be awesome. Um, and we could do that every Friday, but, see, you can't really do that because, one, you're not supposed to throw stuff at horses or any animal, but you're <laughs> not really supposed to throw it at horses. They don't like it. They don't like stuff thrown at their heads because in Pokemon Go, the best time that you catch something is when you throw it right at its head in the little circle. Can't do that. So, anyways, that's what I'd like to do, but can't do. Pokeball toss. I'll take it easy, gentlemen. See you soon. Okay. Thank you, Galton Jason. Carhartt back. Yeah. Only uh, if I would never give Gallatin Carhartt advice, but but one, buckle your safety belt next time you're, <laughs> you're <laughs> and then two, um uh I've used you're the only human being outside of Florida I've heard use the word yearling. 
So I'll give you my best Gregory Peck, my advice on what to do with a yearling. Take him out to the woods, tie him to a tree, and shoot him. Jesus. And look, you haven't seen the yearling yet? No. Uh, it's... The yearling is a big, it's a big Florida thing, whatever. Like, I'm not gonna talk, like we talked John about Steinbeck it with Dave, book, right? On, uh, uh, sad animal movies, but, um, the yearling, it's a huge thing in Florida. Okay. One of the first movies shot in Florida. Google the yearling bear attack and watch a, if a dog, if multiple dogs weren't murdered by bears to shoot this movie, it would be, it would, it would astound me. <laughs> I, th- I thought he was just going to say that uh, he, he wished that taming a horse was as simple as throwing a lasso around its neck and uh, letting it buck a few times, and then it's tame yes. like in Red Dead or something. Red Dead. Yeah. Anyway. Or however, however they do it in God Hand, Greg. Hmm. With the God Hand. <laughs> yeah. Take him out in the woods, tie him to a tree, and shoot him. He's <laughs> not Morgan Freeman. This is Gregory it's Peck. Very, you're, you're Gregory Peck's very it close to Morgan. Gregory Hayes. Peck, you knew that because I get those two together. Mm-mm. Gregory oh, Peck, it's so much gravitas, right? Like, oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> it's like two black holes eating each other. Uh. <laughs> uh, we have one last video response from Red. We're going to have a say Watanayo off. Say Watanayo. Say Watan. Say what? Say Watanayo. Sorry, go ahead. Spoke Japanese. Uh, Red Rock 963 says. Hey, VGA, it is Red Rock 963 to answer the question of the week, which is what would you do from a video game if you could, but probably shouldn't? And I've always wanted to grind rails like Sonic the Hedgehog. And I definitely probably shouldn't do that. Not only because you can't get those shoes anymore, the soap shoes, they were discontinued a long time ago. But knowing my luck, I would probably break a hip or an arm or something. I am not very coordinated. Um, I also kind of wish I could run really fast like Sonic the Hedgehog too, but that's also out of the question because my asthma sucks. So I guess (laughs) I'm just playing Sonic games. Anyway, you guys have an awesome show. I look forward to this week's show, and I hope you guys have an awesome week. Thank you. You too. Hey, playing Sonic games is a fine substitute for running. (laughs) Didn't didn't they, like, make uh, shoes around the time of Sonic Adventure that, like, had the little divots in them that were meant for rail grinding? The soap shoes, she she was saying. But, like, they they have, like, a a halved PVC pipe in the middle of your, in between your heel and the, Mm -hmm. the sole of your foot. Yeah. And, and like, how that was ever allowed, like, this isn't uniform to every rail in the universe. This is going to hurt a, so many children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, once the sneaker, like, breaks down around yes. that PVC pipe, you're just, like, shaping yes. their foot in the wrong way. Yeah, like, but they'll yes. look so cool before they wipe out. I mean, like, that should be an Etsy design forever, but, like, for, to s- have sold those and pay less, we should all be ashamed as a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, slide around like Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, do you want to go fast or do you want to see sparks? Which one? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can yes. it be both? Yeah. I mean, I can do both in Mario Kart. Put so. like a little flint thing in there so that it catches on the rail and makes sparks. Yeah, and then fill my Nike Airs filled with uranium and propane Hell so it yeah. heats up. When- Cancer <laughs> all around. <laughs> so new question of the week. Um, we, we had uh, March 10th or Mar... EO day uh, this this week. So Dude, what are what are, my, what are huh? my Nintendo emails with the balls to say that was his birthday? 
Like, no. We never discussed this. What are you talking about? <laughs> this isn't <laughs> canon. Yeah. What are you talking about? So what are, what are your favorite Mario memories? Like, what's a cherished memory you have with Mario? And for me, um, I'm going to say shortly after getting the Super Nintendo, like, you know, I had Super Mario World for that thing, and that's about it. Uh, I was not supposed to play it on weekdays, only on weekends. My parents would take it and put it in their closet uh, when it was not supposed to be played. And uh, the, But the thing is, my uh, mom would be doing stuff for at least a couple of hours after I came home from school out of the house. Yeah. And I knew exactly where it was. And so I would uh, grab it and hook it up to the TV and listen very carefully for the car outside. And then I got very good at putting it back exactly the way I found it, just to be on the safe yeah. side. Uh, and But, you know, getting through that game and... Eventually getting, like, unlocking, I think, the Star Road. Like, the, after you finish the game, there's, like, this secret end game where you go into another dimension where all the Koopas have Mario masks instead of shells. And it's incredibly surreal in hindsight. Yeah, and just discovering that, like, as as this, you know, junior high kid and being, like, amazed and blown away and, like, oh, this is so cool and... Like, going onto a local BBS, which was a thing at the time. Like, you had to dial up into it and being like, oh, man, uh, I just got into this thing. Does anyone know how to how to get this to this next level that's giving me trouble? And a bunch of assholes going like, no, why would you waste money on a Super Nintendo when you could buy a much more expensive gaming PC in the early 90s? Wow, that was happening in 91? <laughs> Always. God damn it. And they're like, whoopee, who gives a shit? Get the hell out of here, kid. And what a terrible time for my girlfriend to be born. <laughs> Just the worst. <laughs> anyway, uh, my mine, mine. I, 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 don't, I, I have a real hard time posting things on on social media. But, uh, but, but my fr- <laughs> my buddy uh, here, he posted like all his inbox pristine Mario games and has all the NES games in immaculate condition in cellophane. And I was like. He's so fun to troll. I'm just like, hey man, uh, what are those two games in between Mario, uh, in between Mario t- two and three? The ones on the right and left. He's like, that's Super Mario Brothers one and Super Mario Brothers three. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of them. And he's, <laughs> it, it's, he's totally believed me. But for, but I had this thing I was writing about Mario two in, in that, like, I discovered basically video games in 1988, like eight years into my life. Uh, I was talking to someone about building arcade machines and like, or no, sorry, it was Grimm. I was talking about like how I associated Pizza Hut with video games because Pac-Man and Donkey Kong were all I knew. Uh, I went to my Steve's birthday, eighth birthday party in, um, 1988 and discovered Super Mario Brothers. So Super Mario Brothers is a game that had existed globally for three years. I was late to the party, but when it came to Super Mario 2, that is the first time me and all my friends were around for like, it says Mario madness on the box. Cause that's how we felt. Mario three would turn out to be like the first real sequel to the original Mario, obviously, but the hype being alive for the release of Mario two, you can watch it in captain Lou Albano's super Mario super show. That is half the canon in the show. Half the toys involve super, like Mario holding a fucking onion. Yep. Um, half the shirts. It was, it was, it was so definitive of, of 
what w- what would become the most recognizable character in video game history, but it was just his second go round. So Mario Two for me is incredibly special. It's the cover of Nintendo Power. It's T-shirts. It's cartoons. It's comic books, and um, everyone now kind of shits on it. <laughs> like every time you see it in a YouTube video, it's to talk about how it's the redheaded stepchild. But I loved it. I still love playing through. I can beat Mario Two pretty quickly, and I think I've done it on a stream or two. And but playing through the every level is insane. Those levels are insane, and unlike any other Mario game you've ever played, Mario Two is the shit. Yeah. Uh, Digging in sand. Try it. Still a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you're kind of reminding me of a lot of Mario memories I have. I do remember. So my mom was a school teacher, and one of her like rewards in class at one time was like Nintendo time, and I used to used Ooh. to play Mario Two during Nintendo time. And I, like you, Chris, had probably gotten so good at that game, it's like I could I could really maximize my time on Mario yeah. Two. My first Mario memory though is is probably one of my earliest video game memories. <clears throat> this tells you how old I am. Um, I can remember Mario Brothers, not Super Mario. It's the one we were talking mm-hmm. about, right. uh, you know, on a couple shows ago. Like the OG Mario Brothers. Mario. Uh, I remember sitting in my mom's car with that game that we were bringing home from the store, like reading the instruction manual or just looking at the box for that game, excited to get home and play that game and that was kind of my first exposure to mario and luigi as as characters was like this game that i'm sure we must have seen at arcades or something i'm i can't find the release date of the atari 2600 version i'm guessing since the arcade version was 83 it must have been 84 or 85 you know 85 is a nintendo date but like that's a slow burn. That's five years the world discovered Mario. Mm-hmm. So for me, Mario 2 is when like everyone, that was the first time anyone was able to line up to Mario off. For yeah. For lack of a better word. But so, but like, the Atari release almost feels like a, like a stealth release, right? It's, it's kind of like, yeah, it was a big arcade thing, but this are, you know, it's Atari ports are, were traditionally pretty bad of, of other games and right. stuff, but I still mm-hmm. loved playing that game, but it's, I immediately fell in love with the characters. Like, the Mario character, I think I've told this on the show before, that's one of the first characters my kids recognize. Like, he, right. he's just so well-known now. Like, I, kids nowadays probably can't imagine growing up without not knowing who Mario was. And he was introduced during our lifetimes, albeit when we were still pretty young, but still, you know, like, there was a time where Mario didn't exist that we were born yeah, in. I'm, I'm saying this as uh, I, I helped a friend, uh, a single mom, try and give her kid the best we've been trying to get this kid a switch for like months and like all of a sudden like switches are like accessible way more so than other new systems but they were gone for the whole pandemic yeah and 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 we got him a switch and then we wanted to give him some mario games and like i had to tell her like it actually sort of sucks the switch is oversaturated with mario games. <laughs> like it's it's you will go broke if you try and buy every mario game on the switch right now but yeah, uh, luckily that they were on sale for Mario Day. They were all the worst ones. Yeah, the last <laughs> I guess last year's sale had the better ones. That's where you could get like Odyssey for forty bucks. But it, they yeah. they had Luigi's Mansion three was... had a sale on Ace uh, Tennis Aces. You know your favorite Mario games. Right. It's not a bad game. I like that game. It's not a bad game. In the slightest. It's also not a Mario game. Hmm. It's Mario in it, and there's like sixteen games with Mario like that are Mario games on the Switch that look great. And none of those were on sale. But it, hey, Maker 2, in some ways the ultimate Mario game. Oh, you can the play. worst. I, that, 
I told her, I'm going to let you borrow these games. You can have Mario Maker 2. That belongs to a child. <laughs> that belongs to a child. He's like, her, his his father has one. Like, look, I haven't talked to you in a while. We haven't been friends this whole time, but I refuse to believe you fucked the guy who now makes his own Mario levels. Like that. that, 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 that <laughs> she's very Southern. It's not a slam on people who make their own Mario levels. Just her. Um, Just Southern people who do. Well, whatever. She doesn't know games at all. So, like, she every time she makes a Nintendo purchase, she calls me. That's where I'm at. Yeah. With this person, whom I love. If I, I hope she does not hear this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure she will. <laughs> Greg, Mario memory now. Oh, I, you know, I don't think I have a specific one, but it's just sort of synonymous with childhood. You know, I have, I think, each each of the first three games, uh, I I have tied to, you know, good times with specific friends from childhood. You know, I I didn't have a Super Nintendo growing up, so it was just the NES ones, and I didn't have an N64 either. But yeah, Mario One, Two, and Three basically spanned the first. Uh, I don't know, eight years of my life. And, uh, yeah, just remember staying up late with friends, trying to get anywhere in those games. And, yeah. And, and like, Mar- I think Mario Kart was one of my first multiplayer memories, period. Mm. Like, before we yeah. were doing Street Fighter and NBA Jam, Mario Kart was there. Let me ask you this, oh, Greg. Right. Having lived in mm-hmm. Japan, were there any, like, cool... Japan exclusive Mario promotions or like TV campaigns that you saw that you remember? Oh man, I was there. Let's see. When I lived there, it was right around, it was like a little after when the first new Super Mario Brothers came out. Oh. Oh. It's Um, one of the best selling Mario games of all time. Oh, is it? Yeah, the first one for sure. I had a copy. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that was cool. It's It's a great way to, uh, Ruin a friendship with the, with the, uh, <laughs> actually, the I guess the mechanic. sequel, yeah, well, the sequel is the one where they really, like, cause, like, you could really step on each other's toes with a co-op, right? Um, yep. But I used to, that, that was one of the few games in my whole life where I was actually kind of good at the competitive stuff. Wow. Uh, there was, like, a very simple competitive mode. No, I know, just, like, I, Mario, the, New Super Mario Brothers 2, when we were in Japan with you, had a great Street Pass feature where you'd have to beat random strangers and the times they set. And I was like, I will murder all these people. And I did. <laughs> I felt really good about it. Maybe really they were, they were too busy practicing Monster Hunter. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were saving your ass in Monster That's Hunter. Right. You true. repaid them by murdering them in Mario. That's How true. dare you? They were they were carting me around. Sorry, Greg, if no, it's all good. I, you know, I do have a lot of appreciation for Mario 2 because it's the weird one. And it's, you know, it's... In a weird way, it's the most atmospheric because yeah. you've got the Dark World stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that one holds up well. It has 11 minutes of music. I know that in the wow. entire game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just like, I was I was floored thinking about it. Um, I've been trying to help my friend get a switch for a while and sometimes she has money and sometimes she doesn't she wants to get it for christmas and like there's none available and uh just going through all this and like um like I, i'm just telling you guys uh, listeners and uh, my friends here that i had to make a couple adult decisions she's like i can't afford this game i'm like just take it from me i'm not collecting nintendo stuff anymore 
if there's a kid out there who wants to play my Mario shit and is asking, take it. And I felt very adult this week. Just, yeah, uh, good for you. He wants to play Bowser's Fury. I'm like, well, I wanted to master everything. I'm never going to play this again. Take it. <laughs> take it. Bring it back when you feel like it or don't. I don't care. Take it. It's more important that a kid play it. And I'm talking to her like, why do you care this? Because I keep telling her to play a little more too. It's like, because like, I didn't, I didn't have the luxury of playing Nintendo with my dad. Um, and, and everyone, and I don't have kids, but, this generation, like, you do. Like, people are playing Mario Kart and Super Mario Brothers with their parents, and, like, that's fucking cool. I don't have that luxury. You do. Don't neglect that. Uh, yeah. Take this and, and like, have his stepdad or his biological dad play with them, and you play with them, too, and it'll this will be in better hands than on my shelf. I have every Nintendo game that's ever existed. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want, I had to just decide I don't want to be that person anymore. Um, kids and families play, play these copies of these games. Uh, it was a, it, it made me feel really good. I did. And I, I, I he's like, we want Mario Maker 2. I'm like, oh, I already gave that away, realizing in one day this game's not for me. I'm going to give it to my other friend's kid. He's now going through puberty and is a real mean person. So we're going to take this away from him. Uh, and, and then give this to this other seven-year-old kid. Hmm. Um, Given my Nintendo games away, which is something I never thought would happen, but here we are at 40. Hmm. Damn. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, what are your cherished Mario memories? Let us know. Go to videogamepocalypse.com and answer under the comments for episode 410. Alternately, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer or you can ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the best answers on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Greg, is there anything you want to direct people's attention to? Uh, yeah, I've got a special one this week. Um, Ooh, so lacquerware? check me out. It's so I'm lacquerware. That's like my gaming quote brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> end quote. And, <laughs> but, uh, on Twitter, I'm Lacquer Leaks. Uh, and anyway, the, here's the special part. Uh, I've, in the last couple weeks, started uh, with a few other guys working on a fan translation project of a Saturn game called Bulk Slash. Uh, this is one of the best. Well, I was expecting games. more words, but. <laughs> <laughs> Bulk Slash. Bulk yeah, Slash weird what? Name. This is uh, one of the, one of the best 3D action games on the Saturn, and um, we're we're doing some pretty experimental stuff that hasn't been done a lot. Um, yeah, and it's going well so far. It's going surprisingly well. I've ne- like we don't really have a lot of technical know-how among us, but we've been progressing much quicker than I thought. And the and, you know it's not uh, there's not a lot of text or dialogue in the game, so the translation itself. It is you know basically almost done um but we've actually figured out how to implement all this stuff so it's happening um what we need are some people s- some fledgling volunteer voice actors because Ooh. this will involve redubbing some of the vo uh we have zero budget we're all volunteers but if anyone thinks that they have a knack uh, it, it's got to be we're looking for women or people with feminine voices 
Um, for How would you characters. feel like a feminine Michael Caine? <laughs> that, actually, I I'm would, over I here. Would, I drew I the best that. sword. No one is going to recognize. We are trying to get someone who can do a good posh UK accent for one of the I, characters. Oh. I cannot guarantee you this, but this is the most feminine voice I do. And, <laughs> I'm just, just going to say you got three guys on the line here who all have professional recording setups and owe you favors. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, do you? Well, if that's uh, all right, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. reach out. Yeah, here's, here's here's my anime voice chat. Ready? Uh, uh, How'd I do? Pretty good. How'd I do? Uh, you sound like those Greg. guys in UHF that I never and, understood. Anybody else listening, I've always wanted to be a voice actor because it sounds easy and lucrative. So please help me build my demo reel. <laughs> right. why, why this game in particular, Greg? Why Bulk Slash? It's, it's, uh, you know, it came up. It, it's my it's one of my favorite Saturn games. Um, and then the uh, a couple weeks ago, there was some survey in the retro gaming Twitter community that I caught wind of where they were they were... It was like a, a meme where they were saying, what Saturn game would you like to see localized or translated? And uh, Bulk Slash was among the top answers. And I was like, oh, man, that's my favorite one. And I casually, you know, not really thinking very deeply about it, was like, I replied to that tweet and said, oh, I would totally translate Bulk Slash if there's interest. Because I've played that game through many times, and it's like mm-hmm. a day's work to translate, <laughs> you know? Um, my thinking at the time was, if there's a bunch of tech guys who know how to implement a translation into an existing Saturn game, I would use you know be a day's work to translate it. Uh, what I, what I, what's happened is I've connected with a Discord group that has like these tech gurus who offer help but don't want to actually take on that project because they have their own projects some of which have released in the last two weeks. Like uh, Symphony of the Night's Saturn version now has an English patch. Really? Yeah. That's Um, cool. But these guys have been great resources for figuring out just just enough for us non-technical people to, you know, figure out what we need to do. And Bulk Slash itself is a rather straightforward game in terms of how it's programmed. So we've kind of lucked out and figured out that, yes, we can replace the text, yes, we can replace the VO, and there are not a lot of fan translations on the Saturn that have replaced VO. It's usually just text. So this is pretty uh, new for all the people involved in the project, I think, and hopefully it will result in more people being able to play this game, because, you know, nowadays they figured out how to make it so you can actually modify the data on your game disc so you could either burn a rom or you could actually modify your official disc of the game which is pretty cool so even if you have an import you could play it in english that's in theory and yeah i'm looking at this game now uh on on google image search and i see why you would need more feminine voices because the pilot portraits are all women so yeah, it's it's like vaguely inspired by dating sims, I think, but it's a mech huh. action game. Neat. And um yeah. It's cool. Check it out. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Patreon.com slash laser time. I'm done. Bye. <laughs> I, I thought when Greg said something special, I thought he was gonna plug Greg recently appeared with me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Maddie <laughs> oh, C. Allen. He gave us 
a personalized tour of his old neighborhood <laughs> in Japan, right? Really? Yeah, Nagoya, uh, the Sakai area of Nagoya. That was fun. Sorry, uh, sorry that wasn't it. I feel bad now. <laughs> no, it's all good. But no, it's so in in Yakuza Five, there's a segment where it's it's the fictional uh, Kinicho. I think uh, I think King that's what it's called. Kinicho neighborhood, which is is modeled after where Greg lived in Japan. So yeah, I walked around kind of like when I did with the the Disneyland game a while ago, I give you kind of a behind the scenes tour. Greg did that with this neighborhood in Yakuza. In addition to us, you know, getting in fights and eating awesome food and stuff like that in the game, he would show us, he would talk to us about like what the real spots look like in real life and, and all of that stuff, which was, I thought very, very cool. Um, so please go check out the archive of that. And then if you want to see me playing more Yakuza, I've been playing a lot of that lately. I'll probably play some loop hero on stream soon though. Cause game's awesome so that is uh, twitch.tv slash maddie c allen same handle as on the twitters uh well yeah as always you can visit us online at vgapocalypse.com on twitter at vgapocalypse.com and me personally on twitter at wikiparas that's w-i-k-i-p-a-r-a-z and i will sometimes write jokes or silly things whatever uh, i do want to direct people's attention to something that i'm quite proud of that uh I did this week uh, on news.ubisoft.com, uh, where I talked to the associate producer of one of the associate producers on Watch Dogs Legion, and kind of go into a behind-the-scenes deep dive on the coming home mission, which is one of my favorite standout moments from from Watch Dogs Legion, where you're investigating this creepy tech billionaire's mansion and you find yourself in the middle of what's essentially a cyberpunk haunted house. So, um, yeah, check that out. It's a fun interview. I think there, there was some interesting tidbits that they dropped. But that has been our show, so thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. It took me like eight hours today to realize that MAR10 mm-hmm. was Mario. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's that, not that Martin, as over. in Rowan and Martin's Ma- laughing. <laughs> so crazy. Oh, different Martin. <laughs> different Martin. Or is it?